to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. The Christian experience has to be sacrificed. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings and welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Listen, we're overcoming together. It's all good. It's all good in heaven. And a lot of times, no one likes correction in the heat of the moment, but I am so thankful to be a disciple whom the Holy Ghost can correct and not just react in offense or you know, shame or self-pity or some kind of demonic manifestation of pride of not being good enough. I tell you the truth, being clay in the potter's hand is the best thing you can ever be with your human life. A lot of times we don't like being clay and we say, well, I'm not clay anymore. I'm a son of God. I'm a pastor. I'm an apostle. I'm, an, I'm a prophet. I've been in the glory for years and years and years. I've been in revival. I've seen signs and wonders. I have a devotional life. I'm really doing good. I tell you the truth, you're doing clay. You're doing clay and that's not a bad place to be. It's really wonderful to be broken before Yadevave. The worst most impossible place to be is saying, I'm okay. I just don't need the kiln anymore. I don't need the master potter anymore. I don't need the hands of God, the angels of God, the Spirit of God. I don't need to be corrected by God. I don't need the rebuke and the chastisement and the scourging of Yarevave. I don't need to be discipled anymore. I've arrived into some kind of area of success in Christ. It's called complacent satisfaction. And now your whole building gets shifted to sand. That's the place of even though God began a good work in you, you don't allow him to finish what he started in you. But he's the author and the perfecter. Author and finisher, it is written, which means he's still working in you. The finished work is Ascension, Ten Worlds. We have it mapped out for you, and it's the truth anyhow. Now, almost all believers right now are on earth, okay, including almost everyone in this audience. And you need to understand God loves you because he's telling you the truth. Otherwise, you might react in offense to the correction that's going to come down sapphire stones in an urgency. It'll be very peaceful, but it'll be very severe. Because the Father does not wish for anyone to perish, but for everyone to inherit everlasting life. It is written, in order to inherit everlasting life, there's a way of the Lord. There's something you're discipled in. There's something you're trained in, a training in righteousness. And even if you're in the Academy of Youth and you're just freshly born again this week, it's a wonderful place to be in the Academy of Youth. And this Academy is getting upgraded. It's not going to be the ragtag circus it was during the church age. Even the organized religiosity of organized charismatic Christianity that has the appearance of having it all together, they don't have it all together. As soon as a sapphire stone comes with the firing tongues of the seraphim in an Isaiah 6 reality, that ministry is undone. That ministry is undignified. That ministry is 
obliterated. Okay? Obliterated. It will not survive the sapphire stones that come from the seraphim with the tongues when it touches their mouths, their minds, their hearts, their souls, their bones, their, their marrow, their human DNA. It is melted like wax before the presence of Yarevave, and that's a wonderful place to be in the furnace of Jesus Christ. For it is written, God will test every believer's works in a furnace. So when the furnace comes upon you, it's not that God's treating you like a pagan demon of Babylon, the greatest sorcerer or a dog. It means that he's testing your works in fire and treating you like a son and daughter. And it is the greatest service that the fire of the seraphim angels of the heavenly sphere would come down and test your works today with no delay, lest we labor in vain or lest we guard in vain. Notice those two things in the Psalm of Solomon. Solomon only got one psalm, and it's all about guarding, and it's all about building, and it's all about Kabbalah, really. Amen? Truth, anyhow. In its righteousness, it's sapphire stones. It's not under the sun vanity, says the teacher. It's above the sun righteousness. It's above the sun in the eternal realm of angels for the invisible is eternal but that which is visible is temporal so the temporal the earth is changing by the eternal the invisible which is that which is above the sun it is written amen amen so now we're getting into wisdom and wisdom is understanding the scripture and only wisdom has the power to destroy the antichrist we say oh we don't have the antichrist brother we're on fire for god we all speak in tongues we're tithers we do missions we give to the poor we do acts of charity we even volunteer bringing our kids out on the streets to pick up trash one or two hours a week to help the neighborhood all oh, that's fine and dandy we encourage all of those things and they are necessary to service in mitzvahs those mitzvahs are necessary and you need to be doing mitzvahs the instruction of the apostles and prophets and the holy angels through sapphire stones the issue is now the issue is now the instruction that's going to come down from heaven is a wisdom that will destroy that which is built in human blood and human DNA. For most of the church age, those seven churches on earth, Asia Minors on earth, which means earthly Christianity of Revelation 2 and 3, which all of us come out of. Not one of us can say, oh, I didn't start in the earth. You did. You started in the mother's womb. Not the mother Bina, understanding, not the mother Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. The mother of flesh of Eve, which is the curse. <laughs> you started out in maximum death. Truth, anyhow. To be born of woman is to be born dead. To be born again of the spirit and water is to be born of life. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're born of the spirit and water. Here's the issue. You get born of the spirit of the water and then go back into the woman. That woman is the whore of Babylon revelation, which is the ability of flesh and blood. All flesh, all blood, all nations. So only a very small remnant saved? These are the days of Noah. So what does that mean? Only the small remnant that is operating out of the instructions of the exact bloodline of one man, Jesus Christ, our foundation stone, shall remain. Anything in our lives, no matter how Christian we think we are, 
that is not built in that small, small, small cornerstone will be utterly obliterated in the lake of fire. So, and around tree, heaven waits the bride, chapter one. It is the end of Christianity as we know it, she exclaimed. The great seer prophet, comrade of Bob Jones, Moravian Falls, the pinnacle of the glory stream of the Elijah of the previous generation, said, it's the end of Christianity as we know it. That's what she said. You'd say the same thing, but you're not as prophetic or advanced in Sierra 19 as she is. You're less. Truth anyhow. She's greater than you in that prophetic gift of the previous generation. It's true. The issue is, that experience is done and scribed and written. Now, all of you are experiencing what the seers saw and wrote and made plain for you. Write down the vision and make it plain to the people that they may repent, which means go up. She did that. 20 years ago. That was written 20 years ago. Amen. So now for 20 years, we have the obliteration of Christianity as we know it. Even the seers are exclaiming, this is the destruction of Christianity as we know it. It's the destruction of Babylon the Great and human blood and human flesh in all the guise of Revelation 2 and 3 activity. But we have all the gifts of God. We have every single gift of the Spirit in operation in our church. That's what they said in Revelation 2 and 3. We have literally every single thing from God in operation in our churches. But Jesus said, it will perish. It will be obliterated. I will destroy the house you've built because it's shifting sand because it's not built on moon, sun, and stars. It's built on human blood, and it's built on human souls, human nefesh, human blood. Therefore, it has no longevity. It's all going to be obliterated. We have passed down Pentecostal traditions thinking that that was Christianity. So that even the greatest prophets of Elijah of the previous generation were completely deceived and repented, and then wrote about the repentance. Oh, the angel rebuked the woman of God and said, No, Anna, that's not the church. Are you totally deceived? The church lives in paradise. The church is walking on water. The church is in Elijah's cave. The church is in the Shekinah glory. So what was the church of the goat's head battering ram? I tell you the truth, this is what you're wrestling. It's the church of the Antichrist. Antichrist, if you read 1 John, it says, The Antichrist came out from amongst us. Oh my God. Read that again. Google it. What does 1 John say about the Antichrist? Great Apostle John, who's the elder of the elderly, chief apostle of the land, the government of all Christianity of all time. He says... The Antichrist came out from amongst us. It's not just out there in frickin' Caesar's palace. It's not in the deep state. It's not in the secret society. It's in the midst of the congregation of the Pentecostals, the glory, the lovers of Shekinah. That's what he says. No one walked in more glory in the first century than the Apostle John. You know that already. And he says, many antichrists have come out from amongst us. Now, how is that even possible? 
And what does he mean when he says, they came out from amongst us, but they were never of us? Okay? There is a surgical precision there. It means it came out of the human blood, and it was of human origin and human blood. So what is an Antichrist? It is the glory of God in human blood. It is the Shekinah, the bright brilliance with all the things of the New Testament, but still in the human blood that tramples the precious blood of Jesus under its feet. Where I am now the anointed worker of God, I am the interpretation of Scripture, I am the absolute authority, and I know people got opinions about everything around here, let them be obliterated. I tell you the truth, the absolute authority existed before you and I were born. The absolute authority was in the heavens before you were created. The absolute authority is that fiery stone that came down from the angel and touched Isaiah's face. You know what that stone is? The ten worlds of sapphire stones. And the image below was the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. The image above was the Ten Commandments of ten worlds of sapphire stones that Enoch had scribed 1,500 years previously. Truth anyhow. So now it's been several thousand years after that, and still, almost everyone is in the stone tablets down below, aren't they? Right, because <laughs> nothing that if when you're down below, nothing that you do works to go up. It becomes a priority system. It's not, oh, well, this sounds good. Well, that's nice. Well, isn't this person this? And what they're saying, blah, blah, blah. It's all garbage. This is your sorting out system is, will it help me go up the sapphire stones and circumcision? Yes or no. That's how I look at everything coming into my peripherals. Oh, this teaching, or this uh, material, or whatever it is, something somebody says. Is it a prophecy? Is it, oh, I saw this, and da-da-da. Well, I'm reading this. You should read that. Blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah, yeah. And watch it, this, watch that. Go there, go here. The Messiah's over there. The Messiah's over here. Messiah's speaking there. Messiah, Messiah's on sapphire stones, buckwheat. You're totally lost. Ask yourself one question. Whenever you're presented with anything, whether it's someone's <laughs> opinion of whatever, will this help me go up to the next rung, up to the sapphire stones? Yes or no? Amen. Yes? Okay, great. No? What am I doing wasting That's my time? That's how you keep sound doctrine sound. If it works, great. Another thing, when someone's giving you advice of any kind, anything, ask yourself, what rung is this person standing on giving me advice from? Amen. If that's the case, you're like, well, there's the no beast was given a mouth in one to ear, speak. out the other ear. I, that's fine. You don't have to be rude, but I'm not gonna take that advice because I'm looking at: is it gonna help me go up sapphire stones? Yes or no? That's it. If they insist, mm -hmm. you can call them a serpent, like Jesus and John the Baptist. You're a lying snake. Right. Amen. So it just gets really simple. Okay, is this going to? help me go up to the next rung and be more like Christ because here's the thing the false love needing to help you being nice or doing something or having a good idea oh, we should do that listen the best thing that you can do to help anyone is 
circumcise yourself because you're going to have more of Christ formed in you and Christ is the only one who can do anything worthwhile in your entire life. So just coming out of that whole deception of, well, I wanted to be nice and help people. It's just, no. The only one who can help is Jesus. He's the only one with any good ideas, anything that can possibly help whatsoever. And so if it's not going to be more of him formed in you, what is more of him formed in you? Not like some idea, a feel, just like an actual circumcision that you can stand before the angels and the angels verify, yep, check, there it is. All right, on to the next rung. Here you go. And it bears the fruit of it. That's it. And you find that whatever the little issues are, things aren't going right. When you go up, angels. When you go up to the next rung, it gets taken care of. All that kind of, well, what about this? What about that? Oh, my car is breaking down or my there's a thing happening or a technological bug in the mm. system. Don't worry so much about the demonic distraction is to get caught up in, let's just hash out the details of our mm. irritation with each other with Bible verses, you know? That actually doesn't really do anything. You're yeah. just gonna... You're just gonna go around that sapphire stone the again and again and again. Of strife. Well, I just think we need to work it. Maybe we just take all of our Christian knowledge and <laughs> peck at each other a pecking order. We can have some breakthrough. Yeah, you're better off just engaging in Torah and, and just, just obliterate just get some soak in the Bible. Go back to spa. the Holy Spirit and wash. Yeah, and like you know, maybe wash the dishes with the audio Bible mm, or something. Amen. You know, something. That's going to help you go up Sapphire Stones because then when you go up the Sapphire Stone and then it gets taken care of. You're like, oh wow, now we have more angelic help and then it just resolves. And we find that again and again going up. So you learn to prioritize. You find this too, and I've seen this vision as you were speaking. When Apostle Paul went to Jerusalem, the, the people listened to Paul preach in Aramaic. And as soon as he talked about Jesus and going to the Gentiles, they took up stones to kill him, but then they covered their heads with dust. They were throwing dust <laughs> on their heads. And it's like this Jewish tradition that this everything he's saying, you know, sackcloth and ashes and throwing dust on them, is the devil. But what they were doing is saying, we're under the dust, we're under the dirt. I, can do, I saw... The, the Jerusalem and the Israelites reacting to the Apostle Paul right now as you were talking. People covering themselves with dust and snakes as the apostolic was proclaimed to them from Jerusalem. So you, here's what you need to do. You need to listen to the apostolic wash the dust and snakes away. Here's the problem too. The oral tradition of Moses is unknown in modern day pagan Christianity. They react to Kabbalah because I went through the Assemblies of God, five years Bible college, two years of teen challenge, inner city missions for several years. We've seen it all. I've worked with almost every denomination in existence. And no one teaches accurately even Messianic Judaism. It don't exist on earth. It is, it's like a lost revelation. As it's written, the two witnesses died. They died for a time, which means there was no Kabbalah in Christianity. Sandalphon and Metatron were just dormant, waiting on the people to rise from the dust of the earth, Daniel 12.3. So there was no rungs, there was no Kabbalah, there's no oral tradition. The apostles, we call themselves apostles, but they're just covered in dust and snakes. They fast and pray under the earth. And we think we're on fire for God, we're down here in the earth. 
you're not really on fire for God. You're not really with the seraphim. If they come down out of a grace, then they've come down to the earth to help you to advance God's agenda. Those days are over. That won't happen ever again. Anyone that doesn't rise is clinging to the dust and dirt of the earth. And it is a severity. It is very serious. You're going to become real Christians. You're going to become a real Book of Acts apostolic church during these times through great tribulation, great testing, great pressure. And the great testing, the trying, and the pressure, there will be from the other side and the maturity of the evil one's seed line. And I mean, you should be afraid of that because that stuff will kill, steal, and destroy everything in your entire existence. He's been a murderer from the beginning. It's it's healthy to understand, if I mess around, the devil will kill you, and he has legal access to you. Okay, Jesus said, Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me. So to sit there and pretend like you're safe and protected because of some belief system in your brain is nonsense. We need actual armor that works in warfare against real demons, against real men and women that hate you, that want to steal from you in flesh and blood. They want to steal from you, rob you, and do everything to your houses that you can ever imagine beyond anything most Christians can imagine is what a warlock wants to do to you. They want to kill you. They enjoy torturing Christians. When you're trained in sorcery, you're trained in Moloch, you're trained in the high murders of the Klippeth. They don't care about blowing children's heads off their shoulders with brain matter scattered. Demons like that stuff. And I know a lot of you can't handle or stomach the reality of the wickedness of the fallen angels, but this welcome to the front lines. Faithful frontline soldiers. The demons are serious and they're getting more serious because they know their time is short. Mm-hmm. There has never been a more Rhema word of God than Revelation 12 12. 12 12. Write that down. Revelation 12 12. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan has been thrown down to you. Who throw who threw Satan down? And by Satan, it means all the Satans, all the demons that are on moon, sun, and stars, is what, exactly what it means. All the rungs get cleansed like the days of Noah. That's what happened in the days of Noah. These are the days of Noah, where only a small remnant saved. Eight through water, Hebrews, it is written. Which means eight people went up the Sephirot of righteousness and obliterated all the sorceries of the fallen watchers in the days of Enoch, in the days of Jared, in the days of Noah, in the days of Methuselah, and slaughtered them, killing them entirely worldwide, and not just on earth, in all the heavens, in all the moon, in all the sun, in all the stars. Truth or not? They were building back then. They were building pyramids. We know that a lot of these pyramids, we can test them, were pre-Diluvian. The pyramids in the Middle East, some of them were pre-flood, especially the Great Pyramids, that they can't figure out how they were built because the blocks are so big. Those were before the flood built by Nephilim, giants. Some of the giants were over 60 feet tall. The floods came because the watchers would be in heavens. They'd have their sons and daughters on earth. Okay, The watchers would be on the rungs of Saturn. They'd be on the rungs of... of uh, Uranus, they'd be on the rungs of the moon, the sun, they'd be on all the rungs. The planets and the constellations, and they'd be practicing sorcery with the fallen angels with their corresponding host bodies. They'd really like their sons, the Nephilim, because they're really, really evil. 
So they had their host bodies on earth, their temples on earth, and then the watchers of the stars in the heavens over the earth, and that's how they ruled in the days of Noah. And that's how they ruled afterwards as well, which is what the Tower of Babel is. They rebuilt. Can we rebuild? And God didn't allow them to rebuild. They went and tried to take moon, sun, and stars and all the rungs again through Klippeth Kabbalah sorcery that the watchers had taught them because they learned it when they were covering cherubim of God the Father in heaven and had taught men and women, the sons and daughters of Cain's seed line, the secrets of the mysteries of heaven. They taught them the sorceries and enchantments, the cutting of roots. They taught them the paths of the moon the paths of the, of the sun and the paths of the stars. Then what's the next verse in First Enoch? And as men learned, they perished. And their perishing was crying out to God in heaven. So why does it say, as they learned these things, they perished and they suffered and they were crying out to God in heaven? You think learning about the moon wouldn't be that severe. But if you study First Enoch, it's in learning moon, sun, and stars, sorcery of fallen angels, and the host bodies below, taking the rungs and putting that demonic clip of pressure, that control over the blood of the earth, is why men were perishing and crying out to God as they were perishing, as the watchers taught the paths of the moon and the sun and the stars. So the sins of the days of Noah was the very thing that they learn in all Freemason lodges. Sorcery. And it's not the righteousness we teach, because the righteousness we teach is based on Genesis 1 of God's original design of the moon and the sun and the stars and his purposes for their government of day and their government of night. That's what the Bible says. They were using the heavens of moon, sun, and stars for all the sorceries and abilities of the fallen angels and the host bodies on earth. Okay? So this is what you're dealing with, and this is why it is so terribly deceiving. You are in the height of sorcery right now. And most of you are totally bewitched by it. And a lot of you are in denial. Some of you have come here to learn to get free. Other ones have just come here to attack the apostles and murder the prophets. Either way, you've come to the river of heaven. And we will tell you the truth anyhow. And what's going to happen is some people are going to get washed away into the lake of fire, and others are going to be washed, clean, crystal clear and sparkling, into the heavenly Jerusalem with marriage clothes on, with the word of God inscribed on their hearts and minds. Either way, the heavens will be cleansed, and the earth will be cleansed through the washing of the water of the word of God. So severe deception requires severe correction. I know people always say, when you're front lines, you're the ones deceived. No, you are. You are. You're deceived to the measure you have not ascended sapphire stones. So everyone on Asaya that's now attacking, you have the leaders of the glory stream publicly condemning righteousness. Literally typing out today. I want to tell you this. Brian Simmons, the Lord rebuke you, Satan just totally augured by the devil. And he's typing out on Facebook that you are already perfect in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and there's no growing in his righteousness. You are the righteousness of Jesus. You are his perfect righteousness. That is the most anti-Christ message in the world coming from a man who was formerly used by the glory of God 
for Frontlines Ministry. Now a voice piece for the Antichrist. And don't sit here and think you won't be next. That's why it says, gird your loins, mighty warrior, and take heed that you stand, lest you fall. You need to learn how to finish strong. You're not finishing strong in earth. That's not a strong finish. In your charismatic uh, traditions and what you think is, is love, the false love is the anointing of the Antichrist, and the Antichrist is trying to wiggle his way into Red Letter Ministries, our apostleship. But I've already learned all those lessons in 20 years of glory training, and it's not going to happen. So if you're going to sit there and get offended by the correction, you can go away. You can go away sad for all we care. I mean, I'll kick you out on Christmas Day in the ice cold. On your birthday. Yes. There's no false love here. All that's here is righteousness, and it is very rigid, because we will not tolerate false love, antichrist anointing in any of our churches. Because it's Satan. It is the devil. And it's the most deceiving thing of all time. And this is the very reason why we don't have a single person on the moon in our local Minneapolis community. Not a single one. They're all in other places. It's because you're way too familiar with something you need to have reverence for. You allowed the demon to deceive you way too much. The enemy's influence is way way too strong. And the fear and reverence of Yarevave is way too little. It is a wonderful thing, but a terrible thing, to fall into the hands of the living God. Have you fallen into his hands yet? A lot of you are still resisting in your hearts and minds the actual correction and training and righteousness needed to make progress in Christ. And it's not about you just robotically obeying the instructions. You will find the Lord when you seek Him with your entire heart, which means your spirit begins to get tenderized even to the shout of the archangel. You know, the dullness and the stupidity and all the things you deal with in the rebellion of human bloodlines can be obliterated when Jesus Christ, the shepherd, is struck. When he was struck, the sheep were scattered. And most of them, in cringing, fawning fear, thinking that they were going to die with him. Only one out of the twelve went to the cross with him to even die with him. The little teenager, the youngest, the youngest boy, like David, the runt of the group, John. He was the youngest. He would have just been a young teenager during those times. This, the young boy representing King David, was the only one at the cross. Everyone else was afraid they were going to die. Does death still hold you in fear's grip? Are you afraid to die for Christ? See, martyrdom is a daily decision, and you're not actually engaging in Torah or reading the Bible unless it's killing and terminating something of the human being. You can sit there and mirror the word eight hours a day and then complain to me like, oh, I did what you said, Brandon. No, you didn't. You're a demon. You're demon-possessed. Did you die with Christ today? Did you go to the cross like the young boy John and literally just... Get covered in the nails, covered in the blood, covered in the water, 
covered in the thieves. The crows are crapping on your head. They're right there pecking their eyeballs out. Did you go to Calvary today? What are you even, are you even Christians? Are you just connected to other spirits, just self-analyzing, self-preserving, self-justifying? I'm really trying to apply everything. The key principle of the new covenant is the death of Jesus. The key principle is you going to the cross and dying with him daily. If you don't do that, there's no instruction from any angel that can help you. There's no instruction from any apostle that can help you. The issue is people are still clinging to their human lives. And then you try to apply the apostles' teaching inside your own human understanding, analyzing, really trying to get it, really trying to learn, but not willing to die. Still holding on to the human life, whether it be a good human life, a bad human life, whether it be a male Female, Jew, Gentile, whatever, rich, poor, lawyer, doctor, or a homeless bum. It's human. Therefore, it's all sin. And unless it's terminated at the cross of God, there was no engagement in the daily bread. The bread was dipped in the wine, it is written. Amen? They dipped the bread in the wine. Not the bread of betrayal. The bread of the new covenant. (laughs) So the daily bread, which is everyone knows in Christianity, is often the only thing you need. I did my 30 minutes today. I'm good. Well, the bread was dipped in wine. That means someone died. Did your education from the Holy Spirit require someone's death? Yours. You didn't learn anything. You had no devotional. You didn't read the Bible. You never prayed. It was human. Unless the human dies, the bread dipped into the wine, there was nothing that helped you in your fake, whoring Christian lives. That's what it is. That's the practice of the human being. It's the practice of witchcraft. And then you sit there and say, well, I did the stuff. I went through the master class. I'm learning about the charts. What do you recommend that I do? Where is the death of Jesus? See... You can have 1% of Red Letter Ministries, because we've been teaching the truth for a very long time in the Elijah Mantle. But a person that comes and is literally dying on the cross with Jesus can do more with two sentences Mm -hmm. than what a lot of you have done with five years. And you should be ashamed of it because you're clinging to your human lives. Think of the woman at the well. This, the human being is condemned to hell. You cannot be too strict or too serious with this. If you don't deal with this stuff in the severity of the judgment of the cross, you will waste all the days of your life in false Christianity. You will find yourselves the enemies of the cross. Like the Apostle Paul says, You, buckwheat, you. Every single one of you will find yourselves the enemies of the of the cross. Let's get real. You are not in a safe place unless you've dipped the bread in the blood through your own death today. Then that bread will nourish the spirit. Guess what happens? Now the resurrection power outflows from within you. Now you're God inside minded. Now the bewitchment of the fallen angels is obliterated in you. What do the fallen angels hate? A person who dies with Jesus. Who was their arch enemy? 
John, right? The one at the cross, the one they could not kill. They boiled him in oil. Some of you wished I'd be boiled in oil so I'd shut up and not torture you with my holiness. I know that. You wish you had an easier doctrine where the human being could live because you're evil. I tell you the truth. That would be unloving. That would be the false love that you already have, which is the anointing of the Antichrist in this place. Truth in you. Love rejoices with the truth. I want you to consider the woman at the well, Fotini. This is important to make it real for everyone. You're overfed, most of you. You're fat. And you're under-butchered. James chapter 5 applies to all of you who just gain teaching but don't gain slaughter. See, when the slaughter comes of the slaughterhouse of the cross of Jesus Christ on the throne, the Lamb on the throne is the King of Israel. The only reference to the King of Israel in the book of Revelation is Lamb. Why? The Lamb was slaughtered. The issue is, who is going to be slaughtered in the earth to rise to the slaughterhouse of the moon? If you're not slaughtered in the earth, if you're not slaughtered in obedience and money and obedience of your finances and obedience of your emotions and feelings and your tentacles of what you need from human beings and the emotional addiction, the feeling addiction that we have from children, from parents, from spouses, that's all diabolical poison of earthly vipers, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. That's what Jesus Christ said. How much more would the good father give you the Holy Spirit? We got a gospel where we're good fathers and good mothers because we do the stuff. You're not good. Jesus Christ himself said, don't call me good. Why do you call me good? The Messiah said, don't call me good. You want to sit around and say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting it. No, you're not getting it. I know you're not getting it. I'm watching the Antichrist come into Red Letter Ministries devouring all of you. You're not getting it. Here's how you're going to get it. Get re-butchered. It's time to get re-crucified. It's time to go to the cross with the young boy that's weaker than you. With the lamb that's weaker than you. Like a lamb to the slaughter. Amen? silent before his shearers which means i'm not going to allow the beast to speak anymore i'm going to get real it's time to be real disciples it's time to be real christians we have to i mean i really am having a good time enjoying it i want you to enjoy it have a good time too these are all the exact principles i applied to my life the last 24 years there's not one exaggeration or thing I'm saying to you that I haven't applied to myself, walked in and experienced for the last 24 years. There is no other way by which you must be saved. It is written. You don't have a plan B. Those who had a plan B, those who had other options, they went away. But the 12 there, where else can we go? We're finally locked in willing to die with you. Oh, are you willing to die with me? You betrayed me three times before the cock crows. And he did. And he went shamefully crying, little kids rebuking him, fear of children. Peter was afraid of children. Big, bad, tough, bold Peter cowering before little kids on the day of his crucifixion. John, the little kid, the one that was the little child, he was the one there. So you got the children of the Antichrist leading Peter into sin. And you got the children of God, the children of Messiah, crucified with Christ. 
and three women, the three Marys, Mary of Bethany, Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of Jesus. Three Marys and John only. That's cross company. That's the small remnant that's saved. Saved from what? Fear, agitating moral passions, emotional addictions through bloodline familiars, worry, fear, financial issues. I mean, saved, real saved. Salvation means saved and made it whole and at peace in every area of the soul. Are you saved from sin, sickness, and disease? Are you saved from demonic torture, torment in your thought life? Are, are you really saved? That's what salvation sozo, soteria means, is that there is perfect provision of God's glory emanating from every area of your soul. That's the standard of salvation. People would receive salvation and be made whole. Amen. We get saved and it's like we're still a bigger mess afterwards. Bob Jones would often tell his churches in his itinerant ministry later on in his prophetic ministry, you need to get born again again. You need to rededicate and get born again in the spirit and born again in the water again. And he was often talking to the pastors, the apostles, the prophets of everywhere he went. There, there needed to be a re-softening of their existence, their soul, rededication, even in all the Christian leadership today. I mean, Brian Simmons needs to get born again again. I mean, they're completely lost. And it is urgent because a lot of people are following these people nowadays and we have a lot of that trying to infiltrate brother ministries. We're not going to let it. And I don't care what you think about, oh, it's a little harsh. No, I'm telling you, you have to have rigid righteousness to guard the gates of Jerusalem. The reason why the foundation and the walls are the 12 apostles' lamp, they don't let demons, false love, principalities, angels of light, or any of that nonsense of the sorceries of Cain's bloodline in the city. We're horrible to the devil. I hate wickedness, love righteousness, daily, ever increasingly. Which means, if you are still on the earth, there's a lot of aspects of the gospel that will feel like wrath, chastisement, correction. You don't need a hug. You need training. You need boot camp. You've had enough hugs, buckwheat. What you need is someone to crack you in the head with an iron scepter of sapphire stone righteousness and wake you up out of a daze, out of a hypnotism. People are sleeping. Their hearts are all messed up. You got demonic stuff hanging off of you, holding you down instead of ascending. I tell you, we're going to break it all off of you. I believe anyone that stays on the ship can eventually make it, no matter how Neanderthal they are, how dull they are. The apostles were so exceedingly dull after three years, and we're dull too. We're the idiots of God. So right. we're in the same boat. Yeah, anything that there's like been a rebuke that you feel like you've been called something by the leadership, guarantee you it's not even close to what we've gotten directly from God. That if I even repeated it here, you'd be like, no. God would never talk to me. Yeah, there's a lot of restraint and self-control in this message tonight. God's very accurate with his depiction of what's going on with the vessel. So when he's dealt with me personally in severity going through the rungs, just the I I appreciate how candid, (laughs) you know, colorful the language can be. 
in his description of just accurately what that human nature is that has to come out. Each rung, it's a foreskin and a membrane. And you might not know that it's there, or you know something's off, or something's wrong. What's wrong with your human nature? Ten worlds of foreskins! Yeah. Literally buckwheat. everything. So, those are the things that have to come <laughs> off. But what I appreciate is God's honesty, his being direct with you. A lot of times when we're younger in the Lord, mm. why doesn't God always say it so directly to you? Because you would think it was Satan and you would reject him and then you would go into outer darkness and you wouldn't be a citizen of heaven. There would be no potential for salvation because you would have rejected God and you were continuing to reject. And he knows that people oftentimes can't quite handle how much of the truth. Well, I went to God and I said, can you just, you know, I want to know, let me know the situation. How, what is this? What's going on? I would rather, you know, I'm learning to be honest with God as my journey. Like I'm being honest with you, God. And I want to see how much can I receive of your correction. So, you know, like people want to, you pray in the tongues, hoping for a good Google Translate so you can share it with your friends so everyone knows that you're loved and accepted by God and everyone should be nice to you and think well of me. That's also a demonization. Respectability, one of dignity. That tool, one of the number one ways you can use that tool is use it in your private time. When you are, first of all, don't use it. Get in the word of God. Crucify the self-nature because if you haven't crucified the flesh, daily. Mm. All of your Google Translate and your tongues and your interpretation of things is going to be pretty much just trash and not helpful. What good are the things of God in the sand? It's not good. The whole purpose of things coming down to you is to get off the sand under the mountain. You should not be out there not knowing what's going on and just praying in tongues into Google Translate. That's not the point of a tool. That's like never knowing anything about your job and only using chat GPT for literally everything. You should have a working knowledge of your job. Imagine you're a student in school. You have to be able to write papers. You have to be able to take tests. Now, does is it a horrible thing to use AI to help you come up with some points or research? No, you should use technology and tools available to you. But what the issue is, is if you write your entire thesis and paper, copy and pasted from the chat bot, a, you know, AI, and then you copy and paste it into the little server that makes it reworded so it looks like it didn't use AI so that the teachers don't catch you when you're submitting your paper that you didn't even write one word of because you're too lazy Man, to do it. It's tough to be a teacher nowadays. <laughs> that, and that's what they do. Wow. And they go out, there's videos of professors just going off. Just Crazy. Getting, though, because that's what they're dealing with now. Cheating everyone. And then you have uh, internet uh, websites where you can go and run your own test to see how likely you are to get caught or not. So that's just, so when it comes to tools, mm. f- the gifts of the spirit are tools. You shouldn't just be praying in tongues into your Google Translate. Yeah, if you get the language, if you select the correct language, or if you're speaking in an angelic tongue that can go into human languages and translate, that's great. But none of that's going to benefit you unless you're actually dying to self, right? It's a tool. That should not be your main prayer. Like, here's my hour of prayer of just Google Translate, right? You can do an hour of Google Translate, tongues but that shouldn't be your main source you should have 
the word of God into your eyes and ears. And you should understand what's going on in your spiritual life. Dip it in blood. The blood what, of the Lamb. That tool is helpful for clarity. For an example, let's just use a real life example. You see a certain entity on the sapphire stones that's headed, you know, towards the camp or towards the people or something's going on. And you have the discernment of spirits. And then God tells you and gives you the gist to communicate to the extent and measure you can receive the communication from God what's going on. And you pray about it. You do whatever the instruction is about it. Then on top of that, you can use that as a tool to get maybe additional clarity on some of the details you might not have been able to receive. So you already know what's going on. You've already received word from God. It's not just like, I don't know what's going on. I can't hear from God, but let me just get a Google Translate of my tongues. That's garbage, right? That's having a trash relationship with Jesus, which means you don't really have one. You're just using gifts. Those things are supposed to be helpful tools to make you more fruitful. It's good to when be I'm angry at the demon. <laughs> you know, it's healthy to be angry at your own yeah. sin and angry at your own short fallings. It, it means that you want his sword to butcher parts right. of you away. That's a healthy position. That's what it means to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Mm -hmm. That I'm not coming as, oh, an offering mm -hmm. for God and my perfection. I'm 24 karat gold for you, Father. Receive mm -hmm. the human being. I'm coming as clay, right. and he can receive me and transform me. The clay is the offering. You're not presenting the best. Although we do give more and more, it gets better. Mm -hmm. You know, you you get sanctified. You are presenting a better vessel, mm -hmm. a cleaner vessel, a pure vessel. Mm -hmm. But compared to him, it's still total garbage. It's like refuse. Seriously, compared to God the Father, it's like a trash bin. It's like giving God garbage and here's your gift, God. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. That's why it's a sacrificial altar. Mm -hmm. We have this religious idea of the Antichrist in us that we clean ourselves up to present our, ourselves as something that God's just really going to accept when we get I clean. Can show you Put some the trash. animal on the altar and burn it. God is the cleanness. You are the uncleanness. You have to have foundational priesthood realities. Clean and unclean is God is only clean. And you are always only unclean. But if I'm burning in God as a, a sacrifice, he's the cleanliness burning through my uncleanness. That's how the covenant mm -hmm. works in the old covenant and the new covenant. Amen. Truth and, I, and yeah. Amen. And a quick word on another note of using Google Translate is a helpful tool. Translating your tongues. Don't go always go into it just, you know, for something for yourself. A great way you could use that is asking for clarity. So, you know, I'm kind of dull. I'm not really understanding the message, you know, and asking for what, where is an area of correction? Where do I need correction right now? What's the most important thing for me to change, be rebuked on? Let me get a Google Translate of my tongues. That's something that would be a good rebuke, something I can change, something I can repent of and begin to change that behavior and way of thinking. God's kingdom is your intelligence. Here's the issue. So you have nothing of your own. As is written, all man's righteousness is filthy rags. Use tampons. Use tampons is the word there in Hebrew. Thank you, Isaiah. That's wonderful. They cut them in half because they were so offended. But it was the truth anyhow. So all human being righteousness is literally filthy 
bloody tampons. Mm -hmm. And it's true for all of us. And not the nice scented ones, the cheap no. cardboard ones yeah, toilet from paper. the dollar store. Just, yeah. <laughs> Toilet paper at the gas station. Not Where even... it's basically like female circumcision, just trying to use it. A, a, anyway, the point is, that is what a human being... But we don't leave it in the unrighteousness. We go into his righteousness and burn it up. And you grow in his righteousness because his righteousness is measured in the rungs of the kingdom of his righteousness. Ten worlds of righteousness. It's a ladder. It is absolutely Jacob's ladder come up here. It is a growth in righteousness. If we go beyond elementary mm -hmm. things, we might advance, wow. if Yadevave permits, into the training of righteousness. Training's progressive. Hebrews 6. It's progressive. It's not just, oh, I get it all when I'm born again, or now I got all the gifts in operation. I'm perfect in righteousness. You haven't even started. You're like the church of Revelation 2 and 3. You are the complete and perfect whore of Babylon with all the things of God. All the things of God used on the earth is the definition of prostitution in Revelation. Having everything that came down from the apostles of the Lamb and then using it on earth is the definition of prostitution. We use that stuff to justify in the earth. The standard is so low, we say that's the evidence that I'm right with God. The fact that you don't even live on the moon is the evidence you are completely and totally backslidden. Truth in you. If you have all the things of God and you're on the earth, you are a card-carrying member of the seventh church, the Laodicean church, the lukewarm church of the Antichrist. And what is the evidence that you are of the church of the Antichrist, Christian? False love, the anointing of the Antichrist, that you are only operating out of human kindness and not the kindness that requires crucifixion. That you allow the human being to live and you applaud, hug, and clap and pat on the back and hug the human being. You are a member of the church of Antichrist. Truth anyhow, it's that simple. Now the cross will set you free from false love to be a member of what? The church of the firstborn in heaven, it is written. Members of the churchborn, firstborn of the church in heaven. Amen. So you go from the church of Antichrist, earthly, which is exactly where you're at, and you realize it and you get forgiven. If you don't realize that's where you are at, because you're still on the earth, you're, you're not actually admitting fault and wrongdoing with your human lives. You start still trying to do something good in your human blood, in your human life. Oh, this is an extreme message. Brandon's frustrated tonight, and you just harden your heart unto more death. No, not at all. This is the urgency from God the Father to help you because it's going to get serious. It's going to get way more serious and most of you are totally unprepared and totally deceived. And you ain't going to make it. Unless you get these apostolic foundations of the heavenlies burnt into you and wage a good Christian warfare towards your own earthliness and the things you're attached to, there's zero chance you'll make it. Two be grinding at the mill, one taken, one remain. Two be sleeping in bed, one taken, one remain. Two be working in the same job, 
One taken, one remain. Rapture, Brandon? No, not rapture. Crapture. The removing of the false. The removing of the wicked like the days of Noah. But the righteous remained and inherited the earth through water. And the water represents the word of God. So those that don't allow the word to wash them now, they have no solid rock. The word will obliterate them. Their souls will be ripped out of their bones. I tell you the truth, when the anointing comes like torrents, you're going to see souls ripped out of people's skeletal structures. Just, whoo! You've seen demons come out of people. Mm -hmm. You're going to see humans come out of people. That soul's just gone. And you want to sit here and play games at the very last hour of the end times like it's not that serious. I still struggle with my financial stuff. I still struggle with if tithing is right or my doctrine. Man, you need to burn yourself up. You need to join little boy, John, at the cross and die. And get over yourself entirely for survival of the coming minutes. Amen. It is the time to shine. It's not a time to just wallow in fear of what the world's doing and what the deep state, the sorcerer, the auger, Laban, the wicked Esau's race. Listen, the sorcerer wants to have a parade over you. And if you're in the dust and in the dirt and in the snakes and you're stubborn, unteachable, refusing to sacrifice your bloodlines, refusing to sacrifice your humanity, you're doomed. I mean, not my opinion. Revelation 12, 12, you are doomed. I don't care how much charismatic crap, glory stream crap, even RLM crap that you know, you ain't going to make it unless you begin to obey it and go up the Sephirot. The only ones that are going to have a good, a good time in the coming hours are those who live in the heavens. But woe to you who live under the earth. What does it mean to live in the earth? It means to settle as mere human beings with the abilities of your blood. That's an old covenant style where the anointing can come on me. The gifting can come on me. You can pray for me. You can train me. You can prophesy to me. You can help me. Me, 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 me. No, you're obliterated. That stuff is nonsense. That's not Christianity. That's paganism. That's, that's Luciferian paganism pretending to be Christianity. That has nothing to do with the cross. The centerpiece of the new covenant. The cross. Your termination. The termination of the human being for the manifestation of the risen one. We want to be the body of the risen one. You can't be on earth. It is a repentance of your heart, a changing of the inner man. Every time I've studied it out, I've been studying repentance for a long time now. Every single time it says repent in the New Testament, it means change your inner invisible man to agree with God's will. I've never seen repent in the New Testament mean anything else except change your inner invisible man, your inner man, and women you have an inner man, it's true. Your spirit man. It is not a spirit woman. It's a spirit man. Okay? Truth anyhow. <laughs> That's why it's kings of earth and not kings and queens of earth. Because it's speaking to the spirit man. So you're going to have to get over your anatomy. Because that doesn't matter. Male or female does not matter. We're dealing with the spirit man. Your spirit man in Christ. That part of you, the invisible spirit man, has to agree with God's will. God's will is the Sephirot. 
the path of lightnings. Right. It might be covered with haze and foreskins and membranes and all of the wicked offspring of Cain that have built the Tower of Babel up ten worlds of wickedness to the very watchers of the tenth world. Yes, there were giants in the land. Nevertheless, it was their promised land. Truth anyhow. But if you go up the way of lightnings, it'll get cleaner and clearer in your hearts your minds, your souls, and your bones, and your marrow, and your DNA, and your cellular structure, your atomic DNA, the very makeup of the genetics of the building blocks of your existence become crystal clear and sparkling. So everyone in the whole world is without excuse. This path is paved by Messiah. But the reason why no one walks up it, except for just... Seven people saved through water right now in the whole world, even though we've been teaching this stuff for a year and we've been in Elijah for decades. And why no one goes up is because you're still clinging to your humanity. What's 666? The mark of humanity in the forehead. Your thoughts are human. Your Christianity is human. Your application of revelation is human. You listen to me right now. Most of you are cursed because you're listening and applying it through your human forehead. That's not how you listen to the Word of God. That's Greek. That's goat. That's pan. You're not going to get it. You have to listen with the ears of your heart. You have to listen and eat with your spirit man. There's a spiritual stomach. There's a spirit inside of you that has ears. Let he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches tonight. Your spirit man can listen. Do not harden your spirit in hearing the word of God, lest you perish in the wilderness by unbelief. It is written. There's a softening of the spirit to receive the shout of the archangel, which is the presence coming. It's parousia. It's ever coming. It's not just this one flash thing in the sky. Parousia is an ever-increasing coming. He's coming down the path of lightnings. But people are going to go up and meet him. The only reason why he's coming down more ferociously is because a very, very small remnant has found Enoch's path and is going up. And when you go up, there's the promise of things coming down. If you don't go up, nothing ever comes down. You'll have human, earthly, demonic, fallen angel Christianity another 10,000 years. Right, because that was the church age. Understanding that there was, you know, Old Testament, Holy Kabbalah, and then you have church age with Jesus Christ. The church age of Jesus Christ, those are those things coming down the, saf the sapphire stones, emanations into the earth, despite you know the impurities. And there was progress up the mountain. But the, the whole point, we've talked about this, the whole point of this journey of God's people, even since the Old Testament, was when God said, come up the mountain and be made holy. Now, they did not want to. They refused to. They wanted Moses to go up. Now, what did Moses see when he went up the mountain? So when God says, come up the mountain and be made holy, when Moses obeyed that, he went up the mountain and he saw sapphire stones. So the answer to the call of come up the mountain and be made holy is always the sapphire stone journey. And that's where he received the Torah. Who is the Torah? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. So if you are going to receive Jesus, not just down in the sand and no, we can't keep from worshiping the idol, you know, the orgies in the sand, all that going on down in the sand, 
whether it's in the outer man or in the hidden inner person of the heart, God knows. You can't hide that from God. When God gives the call to come up the mountain and be made holy, you go up the mountain and then you will find and counter the Sephirot through what? The apostolic. Moses represented the apostolic. So if you obey the apostolic word of God's sent ones to come up the mountain and be made holy, you will encounter the Sephirot. I mean, you can't miss it. If you obey and you listen, you can't miss it. It's not like, maybe I won't find it. Maybe God didn't give me good enough directions. You just have to believe it and receive it and allow it to cut away You that know why they don't come heart. up? The Bible tells you why so few come up the mountain. The mountain is the promise of your death. Mm-hmm. Self-consciousness, your self-awareness, you're afraid to kill it. Because that's all you have for intelligence is the clinging to the human being. It's the clinging to the curse of the fall. That's what you got when you fell. The consciousness of self is the evidence of the whole curse of the fall in your bodies. The mountain is the promise that even an animal touches the mountain, it's stoned to death. It dies. Mm -hmm. How much more a human being? Why were they afraid of the mountain? You go talk to God. They clung to their own lives. That's the only sin in existence in the earth. Mm -hmm. There is no amount of teaching any of you will hear from Enoch himself. Mm -hmm. Enoch could come down Metatron and have the best conference. It won't help you at all. It would accelerate your destruction. It would accelerate your absolute... You would actually accelerate aging. You would wrinkle more. You'd probably get cancer and tumors. You don't want to hear the truth? Truth! Anyhow, the reason why so few go up is because the mountain, according to Scripture, is the promise of the death to yourself. And it's much more thorough than you can imagine. And no, that part of you won't remain. So only those that truly love not their lives unto death overcome the devil. Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame the evil one by the word of God the blood of the Lamb, and not loving their lives unto death. The main reason why we've seen so little progress here in this local community, and there's some progress, but not much, why none of you are on the moon yet, even though you're around us constantly, is because of a clinging to your self-life and a lack of termination on the mountain. Truth anyhow. And it's not going to be tolerated. You've become too familiar And so us going away to Florida will actually be exceedingly beneficial for most of you because now you can actually have the benefit of not just the familiarity but the fear and the reverence of Yadavave in us. Instead of this weird thing that we don't worship a man and we're not into leader worship. and That stuff is so Neanderthal. You are on a holy mountain of Zion. Those fears, paranoias, the the thoughts that come through the self-life are mark of the beast activity continuously. Once you step on this mountain and are terminated of self-consciousness, your human thought life is obliterated. You can't think that way anymore. You won't project the devil's thoughts. The reason why the demonic influence is never ending is because you're never dying. As soon as you begin to die on the mountain, and what kills you is the glory. (laughs) What kills you is the Torah 
on fire on the mountain. Moses was up there 40 days with no food and water. They thought he was dead because no human being can live 40 days with no food and water. But man does not live on bread alone. But on every word, Torah, that comes down from Yadevave, there was angelic food that Moses was eating. He was feasting in heaven, face to face with God. Believe me, Christian, that's available for all of you. You have to believe God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He will even raise the dead. We say, oh, that's Abraham and Isaac. That is the standard of entry-level Christianity. You begin in the Isaac sacrifice. That's what the conversion to Messiah is. Is that my only begotten son has died. And if that is not the reality, you need to be born again again. You need a reconversion into the death of Jesus. We begin in Isaac on the altar. And we don't stop. We get fat and lazy. We get distracted. We're doing every other stupid thing. And we think we're obedient because we're listening to a few radical people in the remnant. Guys, it's time to take the gospel so much more serious. It is. And it's not just with your feelings or emotions. The father is the most emotional person in the Bible because he cares for you. It's not anti-emotional, but we're just stoic all the time and just serious. No, there's a passion. It's a desperation for people to understand Jesus and to not be veiled and to not misunderstand and to not be offended and to not resist what the Spirit is saying on the mountain every day, but that you might understand and come willingly to sacrifice all And sacrifice of all is the entry-level standard of the beginning of the born-again life. It's not for the radical leaders that had a desperate conversion. It's being basic level saved. Isaac is your daily sacrifice of what? Your whole promised life. Your whole promised life of everything God has promised to you. Sacrifice on an altar as an ascension offering. I will burn it all. I will allow God to sacrifice it all and take it all. I cling to nothing. The issue is when the demon spirit comes and sees you clinging to idols of self-preservation, excuses, harboring all kinds of thoughts and opinions and ideas and in the head and in the heart and in the blood, in the bones, they're hiding all over the place, attached to human blood. And when the, the demon comes and sees that stuff in you, you forfeit everything available on the mountain and above the mountain. So Christians mostly forfeit the messianic birthright, the birthright of Messiah, which is moon, sun, and stars of Israel ruling over the earth. So the messianic birthright is the promise of the moon, sun, and stars given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You've remembered all of your promises to our father Abraham. One of the promises to our father Abraham, Mary's son, the promise of the stars. And the sands also. What does that mean? The new earth. Sands turn into a sea of glass when you put the fire of the seraphim down them. 
the path of lightning has come down. You know when lightning strikes sand? You get glass. What about living in lightning? Like Metatron, like Sandophon. That's the standard of Christianity is living in the path of lightning. Can anybody become a lightning man, a lightning woman? That's the only calling of anyone in this generation. There's no other plan for of God for your life other than to rise in his path of lightnings. You'll be the best in the marketplace. We have, we want the specifics. Do I go to this marketplace? Go there? Listen, if you ascend a couple rungs, you probably create a whole new marketplace. You're so caught up on the little pieces of the puzzle, you've missed the whole picture. Mm-hmm. See, when you get the picture of the whole world's mapped out before you, the path of lightnings, what was Christianity called in the first century? The, the way! way. The way, the way of what? The way of the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection. In the ancient path of the Sephirot. That's the only apostolic message in the New Testament. The hope of rising from the dead. But instead, Paul says, I am grieved to come to you again, to have such a heartache because you're practicing sin instead of anything I tell you. Second Corinthians says that. I've read Second Corinthians four times the last two days. You think it's just us dealing with you? It's not. Uh, like he said, it's like, every <laughs> single generation Sadiq dealing with Zadik, the Zadikim. And I tell you the truth, the Zadikim was crushed and destroyed in Paul's day. They all went apostate. They forsook Paul. And you guys are being tempted by the Antichrist to do the exact same thing. That they are going to get into all kinds of other things because they don't understand the way of lightnings. They don't understand the path of the stars. They don't mm-hmm. understand the moon, the sun. They don't understand the sephirah. They, they don't really the get way. it. The they, way. So they're trying to have Christianity without the way. Yeah. That's not Christianity. Sandcastles. Yeah. It's crystal clears sandcastles, the rebuke, the harshest rebuke mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. smallest child in heaven awaits the bride. And it's everything we build in human blood. I'm going to read this to you. Understanding the building blocks of blood. My prayer is that this revelation saves you from a lifetime of madness and folly. May we be prevented from laboring in vain and standing guard in vain. What do we guard in vain? What's vain guarding? Vanity of guarding? The stuff you've built by your emotional investment or your financial investment. This is what the human being I've done. I have all this investment. They put $40 billion and 40 years of time into Herod's temple and not $1 or one sweat of, of blood went to God. It all went to Molech according to book of Acts. So this is the emo- this is what the horror of Babylon does. We, we put our money, our time, our emotional investment into things and then we stand in the guardian of vanity. Vain guardians. Okay, Solomon rebukes all the vain guardians, guarding in vain, but it's vain guardianship. It's guarding the stuff that is built by your human blood and your human belief systems about God. It's all wickedness. That's what the Tower of Babel actually is. Come and see. May we be prevented from laboring in vain and standing guard in vain. Amen. What are the building blocks of blood? All nations are built on earth by things that rise in the invisible from the visible blood of men and women. The human being's blood 
is the building block for principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions of all the kingdom of hell's building in the entire world, past, present, no future. Amen. As is written, Cain built the first city. Genesis 4.17 Cain built the first city. So it's blood with fallen angels. Okay? Then the Tower of Babel was built using all of earth's bloodlines except for one man, Abraham. And you know that if you are a scholar of the book of Jasher, because that's what it says. Everyone on earth gave their bloodlines at the Tower of Babel to Nimrod. It's a building of Babylon the Great in these days, which is what? Everyone giving their blood to build something good, something God, except, you know, it has the appearance of praying, but it's killing and stealing. Great hunting. Uh, Nimrod, a great hunter. Great hunter means to kill and rob while pretending to be praying. Nimrod built the Tower of Babel, but all the nations built it with him. So the Tower of Babel today is everyone on earth who's a human being giving their blood to build the Tower of Babel. And Christians are the first to volunteer, you know, in their false Christianity and false love. Truth anyhow. The Tower of Babel was built using all of earth's bloodlines, except for one man, Abraham. I was like, nope. And they threw him in the furnace, too. To build a tower into the moon. So Nimrod built a tower into the moon. It's black Kabbalah. It's Klippeth. Klippeth is not new in this generation, but 6,000 years old revelation. To build a tower into the moon, sun, and stars through sorcery. Sorcery. But as Jesus Christ the Messiah said, those who enter outside of me are thieves and robbers. Thieves and robbers of what? The entire heavens and all their abilities over the earth. That's what's at stake. That's why the heavens are shaking. Celestial bodies are being shaken. All the clippeth is shaking. The satans are shaking. The rungs are shaking. The secret societies are shaking. The deep state shaking. And guess what? Everyone augured who's still human, who has a blood contract with the 70 principalities of the nations, are shaking as well. Come out of her, my people. Only the blood of Jesus can save you. Amen. Amen. See the clear vision of human blood on earth and all the building that is rising in that blood, but at the expense of their very lives crushed and destroyed under the weight of that robbery. That's why we call it the bone throne of Satan. Because even though there's a building up of moon, sun, and stars through sorcery and the ten different forms of witchcraft of Laban, it builds upon dead men's bones. So what did Jesus Christ say to the Pharisees? You're full of dead men's bones. Wrong building, buckwheat. That's the clippeth. You're all sorcerers is what he's telling them. Now see the building of the blood of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That is the true apostolic building blocks, not with the blood of animals. Not fallen human blood, but with the blood of the Lamb of God. Yadevave's genetic coding. See, now that's the value of Torah. Saved by hearing the genetic coding of Yadevave, the Word. 
King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The building blocks of life and death are in the blood. Let's just type that, in my blood. Yes, the building blocks of life and death are in your blood. Whether you bring your blood to the altar to burn it for the blood of Jesus, or you do some strange fire activity in your own blood outside the city gates, your choice, buckwheat. And we have the blood of the everlasting covenant. This critical apostolic doctrine is entirely built upon one man's blood, Jesus Christ the Messiah, the spotless lamb. See, oh, the Passover lamb. We're going to get it. The dipping of our daily bread into the wine, into the blood of Jesus. The daily dying with him. Oh, hallelujah. But all building upon any man or any other woman's blood is likened to Isaiah chapter 66. Swine and rat blood. An abominable work of strange fire and gross darkness. Listen. 1 Corinthians 3. Verses 11 through 15 in the Amplified Classic. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. But if anyone builds upon the foundation, whether it be with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, the work of each one will become plainly and openly known, shown for what it is. Nothing can hide anymore, amen? Shown for what it is. For the day of Christ, or the, the brightness of the day star, through those up sapphire stones who've risen with him, that's the day of Christ, will disclose and declare it. Amen? Because it will be revealed with fire. Same exact fire as the seraphim touching the face of prophet Isaiah in chapter 6. Revealed in fire. Don't you want the sapphire stones to touch you? Mm -hmm. Amen? That's the only way to be cleansed from your humanity. And the fire will test and critically appraise the character and worth of each person's works. If the work which any person has built on this foundation, any product of his efforts, whatever, survives this test, he will get his reward. Amen? But if any person's work is burned up under the test, he will suffer the loss of it all, losing his reward, who has passed through fire. Our building on the solid rock is by the bloodline of Jesus Christ's word in our hearts. As is written, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of Yadevave remains forever. Thank you, Isaiah. Amen. Amen. Abba Father, let us take the sacred inspiration to Him. And let us take the sacred inspiration to heart and allow a fresh vision from Jesus Christ to inspire us for Jerusalem above and His messianic kingdom with no religious toiling and works that lead to death. For the path of the Master is already paved in sapphire stones. The path of the righteous that shines ever brighter, ever brighter in Shekinah 
glory, radiance to the full dawn. It's the end of darkness in the heavens. It's the end of darkness on earth. The full dawn of the messianic kingdom's rulership over all the earth and its blood. What's the promise of the Messiah of Israel? To rule the nations. I know these Klippeth Kabbalists want to do it in the realm of the natural. That's the deep state, people. That's what really they're trying to do right now. And that's the Rothschilds, that's the Rockefellers, that's some of these real wicked families in Zurich and Switzerland and the 33rd Scottish Rite and all the horrible deep state sorcerers and Washington wizards. That's what they want to do. They want a one world government. They want to rule over you and have their own thing going on here. But I tell you the truth. A small remnant, just like the days of Noah, ruined the plans of one billion idiots. One billion stupid, idiotic people that everything they they said, they thought, they did that was completely wrong from the moment they woke up to the moment they went to sleep, all their plans obliterated. It's called the days of Noah. Well, now we're not doing it with physical floodwaters. We're doing it with something way more severe. The floodwaters of the Word of God. With the torture of the two witnesses of Revelation, which is Sandalphon and Metatron, the Kabbalah of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Excellent. <laughs> I think it's time for some pictures. Let's talk about the language of a son. What's the language that God speaks? How is he speaking us in, to us in these days? The language of a son. Right? <laughs> yeah this is how the 12 apostles I'll tell you the truth right now this is what the Holy Spirit's saying inside this body I'm in right now he's like this is how Jesus discipled the 12 apostles it was rigid righteousness it was love but it wasn't the false love that's mm -hmm. in Christianity today he was turning them into freaking champions, government, mm -hmm. rulers of the stars. This is a taste of archangel intensity tonight that you're going to need as a new, cre a new creature in Christ. Amen. Amen. So why did God speak to Bob Jones? Through his fingers. So you're just still reeling from the chopping block. That's fine. Just look at some nice pictures for a minute. We'll be okay. Yeah. You'll be okay. As long as you change. Right? Receive the sword. If you learn to love the sword, that's the word of God. You're learning to love. Repentance is changing your inner man to meet God's will. If you understand the path of lightnings as God's only will for this generation, your inner man is in agreement with the path of lightnings. Your inner man's in agreement with the Kabbalah of Jesus Christ. So it's a commandment to repentance. Amen. So receiving communications from God, the language 
of a son. So why did God speak to Bob Jones through his fingers? To communicate with him. Right? What language did Bob say, Bob Jones, say that God was speaking in that manner? Now when I say fingers, he was talking, when uh, he would talk about the thumb, you know, thumb represents the apostle, the pointer finger is what the prophet, and then you have all the different, uh, the five-fold gifts for the five fingers, and, you know, people wondered about, like, what kind of strange thing is this? You know, we no one's, when no one had heard that before, they weren't familiar with that kind of prophetic language. What was God speaking in? It was the language of a son. What did Bob say? Bob said he was speaking hillbilly. God was speaking hillbilly to him because he was a hillbilly. God speaks hillbilly. Why? Because he loves Bob Jones. He's communicating with his son. And that was how he could receive communication. So when God is speaking in different prophetic language using non-religious things, like we talked about Call of Duty last night, and we had really um, cool testimony from Brother Farina posted today on Facebook about that whole realm that seemed like just an external thing. Now you can see the wisdom of the revelatory things in all of creation, even in those realms where to the religious demon, there's no possibility of revelation and any of the things that go on in the world if we don't like them, right? If we don't like video games, there's no revelation there, right? If we don't like something, there's an animal that I don't like, or there's a plant I don't, I don't like celery, so there's no revelation in celery. No, you know, what was that inner intelligence that we talked about? That's Jacob, Israel, Tifret, the inner intelligence. The birthright of the Sephiroth that went to Jacob and not to Esau. Why? Esau despised the inner intelligence and all things. He actually despised that and he sold the birthright for a bowl of soup. For his temporary pleasures. He just wanted to bear his heart. He was a hunter. Right? A hunter of animals. And he was a hunter of men. <laughs> and he hated the divine intelligence in all things. Yep. That's where Solomon got his wisdom from was looking at the external dimension and learning wisdom from what's inside. Now that was a gift from God. When you understand that that's a gift from God, you'll start to value it. So when you see things, you don't mind repeating lessons as far as looking at the same things for a different aspect another facet of the multifaceted gemstone of the wisdom of the father so you don't mind when the father brings up the same thing to you again and again and you're like okay we talked about that last week and the week before and the week before and the week before you know when god is repeating himself the of the word when god is repeating himself to you understand it's not because <laughs> It's not because you already understood it. Why is God repeating the same exact thing? It's because there's another aspect or dimension of glory. Just because you already have revelation on one thing does not mean you see it's all like, the facets of that It's like, why is the water still running when I turn wisdom. on the faucet? Why is the water still coming up? I already had water. <laughs> it comes out because the water of the word's always coming up. That's how God is. So he speaks in a revelatory wisdom 
language and what's really precious, like in the example of Bob Jones, Bob Jones would laugh and say, yeah, he's speaking hillbilly to me. Why? Because Bob understands how he was speaking to him. We talked about Call of Duty Revelation. We talked about different revelations of different things you'll see in the external realm. When you begin to see the wisdom and the godliness and the revelation in all things, your mind starts to connect to the holiness of Jesus Christ within you. It's more of a continual awareness. Otherwise, your mind is caught up in the idolatry of the external realm. Here's my God time, and then here's separately my external dimension time. Like they're separate. That's a lie. When you begin to tap into that wisdom of Solomon, which is Sephirotic wisdom, the wisdom of the heart of David, the wisdom of Bathsheba, or the Proverbs that says, you know what Bobby Connor always preaches, what, the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, what does it say? Look what my mama taught me. Who was his mother? Bathsheba, <laughs> which means daughter of seven, which is a prophetic uh, name that represents the Shekinah, daughter of seven, right? So when you begin to learn that wisdom, well, that's a good word for, for someone too. He asked for, for wisdom when God asked him what he want, wanted. And then when he wrote down the wisdom, it says, look what my mother taught me. Mother below and mother above, what did he do? He listened to his mom. Listen to your parents. Some of you, you might have you know parents in demon possession, rejecting the word of God, but God will oftentimes provide spiritual parenting. Right, someone who's a, a spiritual parent. And that's what Brandon and I do here. We provide that if you're missing that figure. The, God is your father. The Holy Spirit is your mother. But it's going to take hearing that through apostolic authority to bring healing in some of those areas of your life where you know the mother wounds the father wounds are there what those do is they block up uh, wisdom and revelation because the parents are meant to bestow wisdom and understanding to the child that's in the sephirotic imaging of Hakma and Bina that represents mother and father the God designed family unit right of one man and one woman, the husband and the wife and the children, is the ability should be innate in the father to bestow wisdom to the children. And the the quality of understanding, Bina, should be innate in the mother to, un, to impart understanding to the children so that they're lacking nothing, that they have perfect parenting all the days of their lives. Now, since the curse of the fall is there, and most people have a foreskin of the demonic kingdom, right? The foreskin is Satan's kingdom. That foreskin and membrane of the sapphire stone. So that DNA, that genetic makeup, spiritual makeup of who you are. So when there's a foreskin there, it's demonic mothering. It's demonic fathering. No matter how good you try to be a good family to one another, because the foreskins are there, <laughs> it's demonic mothering, fathering, and just family activity with the appearance of good Christian families. And I feel fire coming out of my mouth just talking about this. It tastes amazing. 
So when you're missing that in your life, don't despair. We have words coming on sapphire stones, down the sapphire stones to you, of father and mother of God and your mother, heavenly Jerusalem, whose sapphire stones, many of them are circumcised within us. So when those words come down, if you can receive them, whether they're severe, whether they're gentle, whether it comes in the form of sense, whether it comes in the form of nonsense, right? It's not about the forms. Why does God change up the forms? Because it's not about the form as so much as it is about the substance. And that substance must be Christ and him crucified, which is receiving the circumcisions on the sephirot. That's the cross. Carry your cross daily. What is that? The sapphire stones that formed in you. So unless you can receive from the Hakma and Bina, Father and Mother, Sapphire Stones of Jesus Christ, what are you going to grow up into? So understand, these words tonight are for your benefit. Severity is not a form of rejection. It's only rejection if you reject the word from cutting away at the heart. Now, we like that severity. Why? Because we'd rather be told the truth so that we can walk in it. Would you rather just be lied to? Would you rather we just come up here and sugarcoat and everything will just be fine? And then when it turns out at the end of whether it's the end of your life or the end of all things, that the most damaging, harmful thing to you and your family in your entire life were well-intentioned, nice Christian people spouting out demonic doctrines that sounded like perfection, but were really the Antichrist. Would you rather know the truth now or then? So it's a benefit to be able to change now. The truth is also that is absolutely amen perfect thank you but there are certain demons that you cannot defeat unless you're like that yep. unless you're like that you will never overcome unless your righteousness is like the shout of an archangel truth in you amen but so we'll... you grow in that intensity of god on inside you <laughs> and it, it will be him and it'll be glorious, and it'll be wonderful, and it's an adventure, but it's very, very real. And it's, it's heavily guarded, like a heavily guarded soldier. And a guardian of a pearl of great price, which is what Christ in you, and Christ grows in you. I labor amongst you tirelessly until Christ be fully formed in you, it is written. Not partially formed, not in just barely formed, not in just an embryo, but a full light being, a full silhouette of the light being of the Shekinah God formed in you head to toes, and there ain't anything else in you. You're like a cornucopia stuffed with God. There is nothing 
under your skin except the light being that created the heavens and the earth. That's what righteousness is. That's what circumcisions produce. Right. It's not staying in seed form. Right. The word that you receive salvation, that you receive the deposit, the down payment, that seed of the anointing of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And sometimes people again. just can't be soldiers. And that's not even something to be ashamed about. It's true. Like you study the scriptures, they're not all soldiers. Some of them are back guarding the stuff. Some of them are healing the sick. Some of them are taking care of the medic tents. They're not all front lines. Is everyone called to the front lines? Many called, few chosen. Truth anyhow, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Almost 99% of radical Pentecostals don't have a stomach for it. They can't handle it. They just fail miserably. And it's not the failure that comes with growing in Christ. It's the failure of betraying him and going back into the world. Truth anyhow. And then making excuses that that ministry was just too radical and too crazy. Brendan's off. He's, he's nuts. No, we're still on the front lines pioneering the exact instruction from the throne of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. And they're just nowhere to be found in the day of battle. They never showed up. No sword, no armor, no shield. They're not even in the fight anymore. Most of them are in the enemy's camp now, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, jerking off to pornography, wasting their lives, going after money, doing worthless, whoring things with their lives, like the days of Noah, giving and taking in marriage, doing worthless human things that have no eternal value. Truth anyhow. Amen. So we need to go into the heavens and do eternal things now and start believing the eternal gospel today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's good to be on the front lines. Amen. It's the best. It's the best. It really is. It really is. is. Amen. So I want to talk about language of a son. You know, in dealing with the religious spirit, you'll need the freedom to receive communication from God outside of your religious boxes. If you're used to severity, oftentimes he'll just come with terrorizing you with gentleness. If you're just coddling your human nature, he'll come to you with the severity. Yeah, amen. It's whatever you need, God will provide. Sometimes we don't think we need what God knows that we need, amen? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, when you're a kid. I found that we are our only blockage. Right. You are your only blockage. Okay, so go ahead and put that in your notes. Write, write this in your own first person. That's the humility of the Lamb. That When I went to Him and died to that area, I realized I'm my only blockage. Write that in your notes. <laughs> I am my only blockage. Right, so you are your only blockage. I am my only blockage. So it just takes away the whole making it about somebody else and how they treated you and what they said. Here's the thing. God's nature that he's forming within you on sapphire stones, that nature can only react in God's reaction to any kind of an input. So whether people are nice to you, it'll be Christ's nature. 
whether people are horrible to you. I mean, they could really actually sin against you in horrible ways, and it's going to be God's reaction because it's his nature being formed in you. And what's God's reaction? That's how he chooses to react based on his own perfection, and that's what he's forming in you, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And faith is the realm of the Sephiroth. Amen. So understanding it's not so much about, well, they said this, and I'm wounded from that. And it's not even about that. It's literally just about getting out of your own way on this journey by allowing the animal nature to die, allowing the ego to die, allowing the human being, right? That's that last step on Malkut. Yeah. Some of you are dealing with that with those last steps. Let the human being die. Oh, but that's my prized possession. Mm. You know? So you got to love him more than you love you. That's every test, every day. Yep. So let's go ahead and look at some non-religious items. So when God is uh, speaking to us, oftentimes you will see dreams, visions, or he'll use different things around us. We talked about Call of Duty the other day. This was a fun one. These are some... Uh, praying in tongues, we're talking about praying in tongues and translating them. When we have here Pikachu! Pokemon the movie. I love that when, when they get these words come out. You know, I think the first time I saw Pokemon, I'm like, oh, that must have been a fluke. That must have been a mistranslation. But when it happens again and again and again with multiple other people on Sapphire Stone, he's like, okay. Lightning creature. God is not a religious demon. He likes the preciousness. Let's say sometimes someone grew up with something or they played the game. Like some of you played Call of Duty. So you got revelation when we talked about that yesterday because you enjoyed or you liked that thing or you knew about it. Or you could comprehend even if you didn't play it, you understand the concept. It's about the all the natural things, right, in the external realm are so we can kind of understand what God is saying and how he chooses to speak through these different things, that's up to him, right? And it's the preciousness. Why does he speak in these ways? Because he is tender toward you and he wants you to get it. He really does want you to get it. That's why the severity. That's why the gentleness. That's why the, you know, get out of your head and into your spirit. That's why the, all right, you need to start studying and taking notes. He wants you to get it, whatever it's going to take for you to get it, which is to get into him. Amen. So Pokemon, so let's unpack this, you know. If you go, you know, where what Bible college can you go to to where this kind of thing happens? And you can say, oh, go to your Bible teacher. Well, the, he, the Tongue's interpretation was Pokemon, the Pokemon. They will look at you like you're crazy, right? But what is God saying here? Let's just try and unpack some of this. This is fun. Pokemon the movie, and I think for some of you watching, uh, if you grew up with this, it'll be fun for you. Front, legendary Pokemon. Ooh, legendary Pokemon. That sounds fun. How many hours did you spend as a child chasing those legendary Pokemon? Countless. Amen. Pokemon, the red pirate in Natanya. Pokemon Mewtwo Pokemon season answer. Mewtwo. For those of you who are not familiar with Pokemon, that is like the ultimate bad guy in the original series or the original film. The enemy Pokemon. That's the clippeth at the top. Alright. 
the Pokemon League. And this one, real Pokemon. I said, okay, real Pokemon. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> okay, okay, we're getting at something. He's talking about the invisible realm, right? He's using, do you remember the Peshat, uh, Peshat, Ramez, Darash, and Sod? We've been talking about layers of understanding. What were some of those layers? Allegorical, right? What are, you know, allegories? You guys remember from school, from grade school or from secondary school? You know, similes, metaphors, allegories. Something that's similar or like to, or there's an illusion. Not an illusion, but an allusion, A-L-L. Allusion to something in order to increase the understanding on the subject. So it's not literally exactly, you know, I'm, you're probably not going to go run outside and see these Pokemans running around in your backyard. Some of you might. <laughs> we just delivered the kids tonight. They're running around in the bushes. Just throw that thing into the lake of fire, man. What are you doing? Should know by now. Should know by now. My kid's possessed with a Zubat. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Find it! <sighs> if I gotta see one more Zubat in this cave, I'm gonna have to repent for my irritations. Alright. Real Pokemons. What is going on here? That's what the Lord said. He said, you're training. To become Pokemon masters. And now he's got my interest. I said, oh, yeah. You know, sometimes when the Lord speaks, I don't always want it. I don't. You might think, oh, some people are a little, you know, crazy in the religious, you know, spirit. Rebecca, you're just perfect and da-da-da. No. God says stuff to me sometimes that I don't like. Like, ah. Oh, really wish he didn't say that, but, oh, okay. Guess I'm going to have to repent. Guess I'm going to have to change. You're not going to always react correctly. Most of the time, you're not going to react correctly to God. But it's about choosing to obey his direction anyway. It didn't feel good when God colorfully, blatantly called out my imperfections and told me exactly what was wrong in a, such a candid manner. I couldn't even hardly believe that God just said that to me. But it must be true because he's God. He's not a liar. He's not going to lie to my face. It doesn't have to feel good, right? It doesn't have to feel good. That's that lie of that false charismatic Christianity, false love. It's just going to feel good and rainbows and butterflies all the time. It says he scourges the suns. So it doesn't have to feel good for my benefit. I notice that oftentimes when the corrections come and it doesn't feel good initially, but if I can receive it and change accordingly and get that circumcision, then it feels good after, right? It feels good afterward. The fruit tastes great afterward. And when you begin to experience that again and again and again, that's when you start to not really mind so much how it feels bad getting the correction. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Veteran priest. Right. We've killed 10,000 animals. We understand. You feel a little more comfortable because, let you know, allowing that to cut you or irritate and things like that. Oh, okay, you know, eh, I can eat my bride. Eh. When it's the first time, which means you're on Malkut, right? It's harder because, simply because, you don't have as much faith that it's going to be okay later on. It feels like it's the end, it's over. Only if you don't allow it to cut you and circumcise your heart, then it will be over. Then you do have something to worry about. But if you just can humble yourself and just, all right, I can take a hit to my ego. I can swallow my pride. I can just get over it, get over myself. Trusting the report on the people who have already gone ahead and done that repeatedly. When you repeat that process, you start to learn that when the correction doesn't feel good, you can remind yourself, right, it's your training in the heat of the moment of irritation, offense, or whatever it is when righteousness, a greater righteousness touches you. You remember your training that, oh yeah, this is how it goes. It irritates, it offends, it doesn't feel good at first. I just, that's fine, just keep my mouth shut, let my blood boil, that's like fine. Weightlifting. Yep. Just it a little feels bit like of pain. internal bleeding. <laughs> and very few people want to do it because it feels like you're literally dying in your muscles. Yeah. And it's, it's severely painful. But then, within minutes, it turns to bliss and ecstasy. Mm -hmm. The thing that was previously yeah. pain. It's so, it's so yeah. rewarding. So, later on in the rungs, right, as you're going through the Sephiroth, you don't usually, some things will be a little, the, some things come off a little bit more, you know, with a little bit more difficulty. But overall, in general, the higher you go in the Sephiroth, you're just used to more circumcision. Which means it still might not feel good, you're still getting corrected, but you accept it. Because you know from experience, the fruit is really good after, it feels better after. Right? It might hurt. To pour alcohol on a wound mm -hmm. let's say you like you cut yourself on something you fall on the ground or there's gravel or dirt mm -hmm. you don't want it to get infected so you your mom wants to pour like you know the cleaning spray on it but it stings i know they got kind of the wussy stuff now the non-sting formula <laughs> you know but when i was a kid it was the one it stings you know where you pour alcohol on it why so that it doesn't get infected i know this 30 seconds of alcohol burn on your open wound will not feel good. You're probably, no, no, I don't. What's worse, that or a deep set infection with months of treatment and antibiotics. Gang green with maggots crawling up. Which is worse. So you well, just have, have to, to count the cost. <laughs> anyway. I what, only used isopropyl alcohol. Don't you want to become a Pokemon master? <laughs> That's the question you should be asking yourself. You have the hydrogen peroxide. If you don't have the desire to become a Pokemon master, I don't know if I have hope for you. <laughs> I thought you believed in me. It doesn't get better sounding than that. Like, come on. This has been my dream since I was a kid. All right. What is he talking about? Let's go ahead and start. 
Let's say you're starting out, you know, in the game, you start out in Pallet Town. That's a little picture of Pallet Town there. You start off as a buckwheat. You got nothing. Surprise, you can't not do every nothing. Christian in the world right now wants to be a Pokemon master. <laughs> what are they teaching you in church? Yeah, if you haven't heard the doctrine, the glorious doctrine of becoming a Pokemon master. What are you doing, what are with, you your doing with your life? <laughs> Starting out, level one Nefesh. <laughs> I suppose that's a bad <laughs> thing there. <laughs> the dead little fish. He doesn't look like he's doing too great. He's on dry ground. It's like looks like he's about to shrivel up. He's he's struggling. Sushi. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Found this on the internet. Me tries out a lot of things to finally get my life in order. How the things work. Magikarp used flash, but nothing happened. This Pokemon, when you get it, it literally can't do anything. Its only attack is Splash, and when it does that, literally nothing happens. No damage is done to the enemy. All he can do is get his butt beat. That's it. He can only get hurt and die. That's his only ability, is Splash around, nothing happens, and he can possibly die very easily. <laughs> but if you are an experienced Pokemon player, and maybe you are watching at home and you're saying, yes, I am a Pokemon master, I've got 511 hours, you know, I get it. The reward for leveling one of these up is great. It's a great reward. And some of those Pokemon decks from the 90s are literally worth millions of dollars. Hallelujah. I couldn't believe it. Amazing. But not this guy. He doesn't splash. He's worth a Nothing 50 cents. Nothing happened. <laughs> So, you would actually have to, if you got stuck in a game where you encountered, if all you had left in your deck was one of these guys alive, and you were battling another one, there's, nothing can happen. Maybe if you're lucky he'll run away, or you Call just have to draw. reset. Like, it's just an endless loop of hell. <laughs> mm. Alright, now here's a Magikarp versus a Pidgey. Magikarp, you splash. Who do you think is going to win this fight? That bird, you can peck him. <laughs> Here you go. The magic carp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nothing happened. Level one Nefesh. This is all the Nefesh can do. You see that? that nothing happened. That's it. <laughs> That's all what about my emotional investment? <laughs> but I worked for 50 hours on this thing, man. I spent 40 years. As a prayer warrior in that look church at the size of under Jezebel's Tower. What's look that? At, they're like, look at Herod's Temple. Yeah, exactly. $40 billion of wow. Christian Nefesh ministry. And all the apostles were in awe of Herod's Temple. And it was all human blood. It was like the Tower of Babel. I thought this was clever. United Nations used Splash. <laughs> but nothing happened. <laughs> That's how it goes, isn't it? Let that be with all the devil's plans in the nations. <laughs> let their, let, let all of our spiritual enemies' attacks be reduced to a Magikarp splash. Amen. Amen. And let, I am. And nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Nefesh ability for cosmic righteousness. <laughs> and you try to do cosmic righteousness with your Nefesh. That's essentially how it goes. 
Did I get to the moon yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Rama because the Mississippi right next to us right here is filled with carp. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> but nothing but nothing's happened. happened. So let's talk about Pokemon Evolution. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon Evolution. Okay. Oh. That's him evolving later. That's why people invest time in this Pokemon. Level up my Nefesh without Ascension. Oh, man. So oh. this Pokemon can be leveled up. So let's see what happens when you try to level up your Nefesh, but without Ascension. Let's find out what happens. I don't need circumcision. Dragon Rage. Why do the nations rage and plot a vain thing? So now he's beaten up Magikarp. <laughs> he went from all you can do is splash to leveling up and now it's just dragon rage. And now he's frying that poor little Magikarp. And what's his only attack? Splash. Oh, and nothing happened. What happened and he's 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 about to die. That dragon is about to kill him, literally. Oh no, it's Pokemon. They faint, and then Nurse Joy revives them every time. They don't actually. I think. And I think there were some episodes where someone dies. I don't know. I think it depends on what what year it came out, right? They can get born again. Yeah. They went to Pokemon Heaven. <laughs> now my Nefesh is strong enough to terrorize and rage on everyone. I am strong. I look at the little Magikarp in there. I look like I'm just freaking out. Ah! Oh god! <laughs> so what's his plan of escape from this dragon? There's only one way, one way to go, Buckwheat. Mm, so good. You're either gonna go into dragon rage mode like them, become like them, or get fried by that by the dragons, or you can get up, swim up the waters of the Sephiroth. Amen. He can splash his way on up. So you're either gonna get the circumcisions or the dragon rage, right? Of the nations that are not Israel. You can talk about the Rua. The bird nature, you have the Rua. Like maybe I'm not just in the festival, I have a Rua. Yeah, this is fun. You have the four stages of the progression of the Rua, just kind of that, you know, that bird or that eagle kind of nature. So what happens is as you go up in the Rua, you develop your Rua, you level up your Rua, you grow in power, right? Because what? Yetzirah is the world of the power, right? Yours is the kingdom and the power, right? Asaya is the kingdom, represents a kingdom, Yetzirah represents the power in the Lord's Prayer. So you grow in power, but the problem is if you develop your Rua, 
outside of the circumcision, so you don't get circumcised, but you grow your Ru on your ability. Similar thing with the Dragon Rage mode and the Nefesh. It can become an unsanctified and powerful Ruah, which is what we find in some of the glory stream and things like that. It's good to have power, but there has to be circumcision, right? Okay. Gotta catch them all. The Psalms, that is. Oh, yeah. Psalms of Ascension. There are 150 original Pokemon, and there are 150 Psalms. Gotta catch them all. Into your spirit, man, so you can go up the Sephiroth. Oh, yeah. You're on your way to becoming a Pokemon Master already. Well, 150 Psalms plus the Song of the Lamb. You'll need 150 Psalms plus the Song of the Lamb for your Sapphire Stone Ascension journey. And allow the wisdom of the Holy Kabbalah, of the Sephirot, of the New Testament of Jesus Christ, through the Psalms and the wisdom of it, to pierce your heart and to make you new by every revelation that's been given to you. 150 Psalms. Why do we say 150 Psalms plus the Song of the Lamb? Because the song, the song of Moses, why isn't why aren't we including that as 152? Because the Song of Moses, that's in Psalm 90, is the only psalm that Moses has in the Book of Psalms. So that's already included in the 150. So that total, 150 psalms plus one song of the Lamb, that's 151. So I had an interactive night vision with the Holy Ghost visibly present one night, and Pokemon was in the vision. I mean, interactive, you're completely consciously aware of everything in the vision. You can look around at the stuff and touch it and wonder about it and know that you're in the vision. And it's just, you're completely there with all your senses. And there was Pokemon in the vision. And I was like, what is this? I've been wondering about it all summer. That's this summer. And it's connected, you showed me in the vision, that's connected to winning back the cosmic inheritances of the sons of God for them to walk in it. That interactive vision that I told you guys about this summer, where I literally saw the sapphire stone and star inheritances of the sons of God paraded by through the heavens, and I watched them like a parade. with the Holy Ghost as the, the faceless man of the Holy Spirit with me. 
it was incredible. And some of them, I actually knew exactly whose they were when I saw it go by. Like some of you, I actually know who you are. And there were many, many more that I didn't know it just by name, but there were, those were the cosmic inheritances of the sons of God. That interactive vision had Pokemon in it. So I would say this is pretty prophetically important in my book. What did we learn yesterday, Joel's Bar? That the wisdom, it's, it's highlighted, it's emphasized in a precious and beautiful way by, what did, what did we say? A little foolishness, right? A little nonsense. That's how God oftentimes will speak. The big, deep, spiritual mysteries, and then it'll come with like a cartoon reference or something like that. Mm. You know, that's, that's how the Father's nature is. Or Paul's boasting. He, he hides he hides those things from the wise in these kinds of forms. So, you know, people might come around and not take it seriously. And that's beneficial in the sense that, you know, if you can't receive something like that, what business do you have being in the things of heaven, right? If you're just like a serious religious demon or you're just a goofball of nonsense that can't take any rebuke, correction, or severity from the Father. You can't reject any one of the aspects of God, who he is. If you're going to be married to God, yep. you get the whole package. It's all of him, not just nothing. the parts that you like. It's all or nothing, right? Exactly. So I haven't found a bad part yet. But yep. what it does is it reveals the human being is all bad. Exactly. And he's still working on us to get it out of us. Mm-hmm. Get 10 weeks of ascension to get it out of your system. Starts with one step, the next step to the next rung. It's funner than Pokemon on Nintendo. Yes. And that's pretty fun. Yep. <laughs> pretty high More fun order. than Pokemon on Game Boy Advance SP with the LED light upgrade, the backlit upgrade. Pokemon on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Is that a thing? About to find out. So the signs kept coming. So the Lord's talking to me about, I mean, cosmic inheritances. And so there were some additional signs that I couldn't ignore. And I was like, all right, what are you trying to tell me? Because I couldn't understand. I was like, what is this Pokemon stuff about? I get it, the cosmic inheritances, the galaxies, the path of lightnings and this and the shooting stars and da da da, faces man of fire. What is going on? I, don't know if I was like, now I'm like Detective Pikachu. And I'm like, you know, let's put on the detec Detective Pikachu hat. I'm trying to figure this out because it doesn't just affect me. This affects my friends. This affects our, our tribe. This affects anyone, the people that we don't even know yet that are going to be walking in cosmic righteousness. Cosmic inheritances of the sons of God. And this is like, this is what the visions, revelations are about. And then I felt good about, then I could feel good about myself and be like, you know, oh, I'm the best Pokemon. I'm like, watch, it's probably like, I hope it's good. <laughs> you're like, is this, is this what, you know, when we get the gold dust and you're like, all right, what am I doing wrong? You know, not that you're, you're doing something right for the gold dust to show up. But, the, you know, there's always, there's always an opportunity for rebukes in the positive signs and wonders. And I find that if you can lean into that, you don't always have to go with so much severity. He's not going to have to, like, 
Of a Canadian goose in her? <laughs> That's what it sounded like. And That's funny. So yeah, but I I noticed I noticed that there were times in my walk where I had to get more of the severity. And then there were other times when even the signs and the wonders were extremely positive, like, you know, diamond dust or, or like a silver flake or gold flake on my face. And I looked at the Sephirotic wisdom of where the placement was mm. and with the Kabbalistic wisdom of, okay, why is it not here? Why is it here? Is there an issue there? And it turned into a deeper, there's always a deeper revelation. It's not just like, ooh, yay. It's like, it was very specific having to do with like the neshama, the discernment, the nose, or how one sort of like leans slightly more to the left or to the right. And so I took it as, is this just a nice way of saying that it leans a little bit too much this way, not the other way? Do I, is there a correction there? Instead of just like, yay, I am perfect. I got a gold flake. Ah. <laughs> There's room for correction in all the, all the things, right? So true. Anything that comes down has the depth of all the ten worlds that it came down from. Mm -hmm. So it has all kinds of mysteries in it. Yeah, which it's really fun to unpack that if you can. So document your signs and wonders, not just to show them off to friends and family or to people online so that you can feel accepted, but record it so you can keep it so that you can dive into more of the mysteries of it. Like, you know, I saw the, the license plate, another one with this. I was like, is there another one? comes up and this was my favorite Pokemon I had the little toy of it as a kid so I was like oh that's nice my favorite Pokemon that's the one I like that's my favorite one because it's a cat right obviously that was my favorite but look at this what I found the 151st Pokemon is Mew and it's in this kind of a cat form this flying cat form now, I don't understand all of the depths of it, but when I passed my fifth interior castle test, right, in the world of Isaiah, when I passed my fifth interior castle test, Mahalalel, right? The Onyx Castle, Gevra. I had to pass certain tests. I took that test out of body in this interaction where I couldn't understand that I was in a vision. I just took the test and it felt like when you're in that, that's all you know is reality. You're just living in it and you take a test like that. So that's how that test was for me. Oftentimes it's usually just our day-to-day -day interactions with others. Those are mainly the tests. This one I took out of body. It was a very like interesting series of tests. And at the end of it, and I passed, the angel, you know, said, you know, took, uh, caught me up and said, you know, it's basically like congratulations, you pass, because it was a really severe test, because that was my first taste of Gevra severity. And the angel said, you know, Con congratulations, you pass, you know, the test. And then do you want to, would you like to go see where the first, <laughs> and I can't remember, the, the word was in some language, where the first one was taken, and the first one of you guys. I said, yeah, I'd love to, and I knew he was talking about Enoch. Mm. And the indication there was, even though it's a word, I don't, we don't really have a word, I don't think, in English that's an equivalent, but it reminded me, in my own understanding, what I could fathom was like when you have a pet that you really love and you want to keep it near you, 
that's kind of what it felt like, like a like a, a pet or a child. But I, interesting, I would say pet because it was like I saw backstage angels behind like the throne room, moving all kinds of props around, all kinds of different things. Uh, where the you know people talk about when they go into the throne room experiences, there's the front doors with the lamps, and then you go in and there's you know people are like oh that caught up into the throne room worship. And, you know, there's the big throne and it's the big room. This is like the back door, like the backstage uh, behind all that. And then when you go in there, there's a throne. And at the father, there's the father's throne in that throne room area. And so I got to look at the throne and they showed me where my spot is next to the father. Mm. I saw Brandon's. It had a marking, a specific number and a name. And there's gifts there. It's like it's a place. So... I saw Brandon's throne. Um, it's like it's so it's all part of it was all connected to and one with the Father's throne. So you sit, you literally are enthroned with him. It's his throne. But everyone who has the privilege of being there, having an inheritance there, you're at you're literally right there, attached to his throne and right beside him. And there's even there there's measurements of being close to him and things like that. So. I saw mine, and I knew that was mine. I saw Brandon's, and I can't remember off the top of my head how I recognized it was his, but it was obviously Brandon's, and it was at the right hand of the father. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. He's got a sweet spot for eternity at the throne room at the right hand of the father. That's totally sick. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. It's cool. It's the best, really one of the best seats in the house. Completely blown away on the inside right now. <laughs> and a lot of self control. Kevrot, <laughs> she says Kevrot. And another one that I saw that was nearby, uh, nearby to mine was you know our sister Faith Hope. She's uh, like the next top uh, leader of ascension in RLM right now. I think she's like in around like the Tiferet of Isaiah. And just help uh, doing a great job helping the others with the feedback and you know how to rise and things like that. So, and I was like, oh yeah, there's her spot right over there. And there was like a like a giant. I can't remember if it was like a diamond or a sapphire stone because the gemstones there are so much better than what we have on the earth right now. It's hard for me to say, oh that's a diamond or that's a sapphire, but it was just mm-hmm. kind of that category and it was brilliant. But we looked like cats in that dimension. And I know <laughs> if you know and you're prophetic. It's a thing, you know, the, 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 you know, like the father and then some of the angels calling me like kitty, or sometimes they refer to you as like a Sounds cat. Sounds like cat cur. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah, cat cur, yeah. But it's a, it's some kind of a manifestation of, you know, something in heaven, some kind of angelic thing in heaven. So, if you've been a cat lover your entire life, that's probably why it's probably reminds you your spirit of something in the eternal realm that you really love. I don't know how else to explain it. You just go there, you know, yeah, you want to go there. biblical. Kittens of the tribe of Judah. There you go. Right <laughs> Amen. That's o- kind of how it is. Opening the seven meows. <laughs> yeah. The 151st regiment uh. of the, the mews. To become a Pokemon master. And that was really, you know, the ultimate that you want to catch in the game. You start out with your starter Pokemon. You go get beat up by all the little Pidgeys and, you know, some people 
in their walk in life might be worried about getting slapped by a Magikarp. <laughs> I'm so beat up by this Magikarp. <laughs> okay. We have a couple more words here. Pokemon the movie. And we're looking at that Pokemon Mewtwo season. That's another thing that got me like, alright, so... If... You know, I can understand this from the perspective of what I've seen being caught up into heaven. I can understand that. What's this whole Mewtwo business? Right, he's the bad guy. Interestingly, he's the 150th Pokemon. Mewtwo, this one, he was grown in a lab. He's full of hatred and bitterness and anger and... Everything was wrong. He grew up without parents. What else? Every His whole life was traumatizing. It's Everyone's always been against him. He was a clone or something like that. And it's just anger, rage. They did experiments on him. He escaped and blew up the lab. So it's basically like he made his escape from what people had been done. People done him wrong his whole life. And now he's angry and bitter and wants to destroy whatever it is. I forget in the movie what he wants to destroy. Probably everything. <laughs> you know, it goes, anyone who looks at him wrong, anyone who, the next person, now he's out. He's busted out. The next person that sets him off is, there'll be hell to pay, you know. Does that sound yeah, too familiar? But what's interesting with this one being the 150th Pokemon. We talked about what this one is, 151st, we talked about 150 psalms plus the song of the Lamb. Talking about ascension, psalms of ascension, and that including the song of Moses. So the 150 includes a song of Moses plus the psalms of ascension. The psalms were written in Kabbalistic understanding and wisdom, right? David psalms that he wrote he psalms was he was a holy Kabbalist. yeah psalms of the stairway the inheritance of jacob so that's uh, so 151 is dealing with this type of manifestation we talked about the throne room and the right hand of the father so we're talking about um mewtwo lab grown bitter and angry from everything wrong that everyone's done to him it wants to destroy you know real bitter not understanding, just reacting and attacking. He's the 150th. So what we're looking at here, I believe, is 150 psalms. So the ascension or knowledge about the things of God. But you're missing the song of the Lamb. So you've got the Torah and the oral tradition of Moses, the song of Moses, psalms of ascension, but there's no, there's not the impartation of the song of the lamb, right? It's just that, you know, he's the bad guy in the show, the bad guy. But then we was, I thought, like, well, what's the first one? Look at Bulbasaur, the very zero zero one. So when you very first start out in your journey, you get to pick from the Whoa. different ones. He's the seed. Not the first one is the seed. 
And I was like, all right, I think I'm starting to get the whole Pokemon parable. It's start- pretty funny that the father enjoys Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So you start with the seed. It starts in seed form. And you, you know, so the leveling up, we looked at the Ruah, and then we looked at what is this manifestation of 151st, or Ascension, but with the Song of the Lamb. So this Pokemon, by nature, is gentle, but it's extremely powerful. This one, angry and bitter, and everyone did him wrong. They really did sin against him. He really did have a tragic story. But there's no excuse for destroying the world, right? Mm-hmm. And all the Pokemon or whoever, the humans, whichever ones he's mad at. It's like the Pokemon devil. Yeah, he's the Pokemon devil. Repent. If this is you, repent. <laughs> you just need the song of the lamb. But what's cool is that they, they have a confrontation. So I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you start off with the seed. That's 001. And then 151 is that... Um, you know, you're talking about the kitty or the lion of Judah, the right hand of the father, throne room activity. And it's always been my favorite one. What so. sound does Mew make? Its name. All Pokemon say, it's, say their own like, names. Like that? Mew, yeah. Mew. Just how you would imagine something that looks like that. Mew, so Mew, I went ahead and put together some of my favorite gifts of this Pokemon <laughs> just because I like them and I want to look at them. Okay. <laughs> Operating in joy power. <laughs> yeah. We have lots of orbs. <laughs> I think there's some symbolic stuff here. Someone's probably gonna send. The symbolism is so strong. Yasad. Here we go. There's the gatekeeper of Yasad. Hi. <laughs> you gonna make a buckwheat? <laughs> How long are you gonna stay down there? <laughs> it doesn't look like a pink chaya. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I always wondered why some of those angels, when I started ascending, they're calling me Kitty. Spiritual stuff. That's nice. <laughs> it's really happy. It's a lot of joy in the higher rungs. It's really nice. Okay. Like a ninth world creature. It makes bubbles. Yeah, pink pink bubbles and orbs and crystals and go to the moon and all that kind of good stuff. And there they have like a battle. It's like... Is it Mew versus Mewtwo? Yep. So what I took that uh, is 151, 151st versus 150 is all of the things of God of the, you know, the scriptures or the Kabbalah or, you know, church, age, Old Testament. So it's the song of Moses, but without the song of the Lamb. It's just literally the Bible, right? The Mewtwo, he has all those things of the Bible, but is missing the song of the Lamb, which is walking on sapphire stones Mm. so if you don't go up probably stay in bitter rage and it looks it appears that this kind of a battle 
has to do with the fate of all Pokemon. And there they all are, each of their own kind, two by two. So it has to do with all kinds of stuff. Anyway. And then what's, if it gets even weirder than that, I noticed online then somebody, some artist, went ahead this summer as I was contemplating these things and made a Sailor Moon Mew hybrid and said, Sailor Mew! And I was like, okay, all right, okay, angels, all right. I'll go back to the, I'll go back, revisit the drawing board and look at the vision again and I've, clearly there's more to unpack here, so I think it's finally getting unpacked. That's all. Perfect. So go up the stuff and become a Pokemon master. So yeah. Sailor Mew rewards. Sailor Mew rewards. If you really, if you receive Sailor Mew, can you receive Sailor Mew reward? <laughs> Which is Shaka. A cool spot at the right hand of the father is a pretty, pretty nice gig. Amen. I'll close with this. If you want to be part of the remnant of dread champions that reverses the curse for all future generations. You'll have to wrestle the Antichrist poverty and religious strongholds in your human DNA and bloodlines. I found this verse carries a strong breaker anointing to forgive the poverty strongholds of the Antichrist that's in all human blood and DNA. Offerings are only received by Yadevave if they are given to the gold of the high priest's forehead. The mind of Christ. That's what it means to lay down your offerings at the apostles' feet, is acknowledging the mind of Christ in men. It's the acknowledgement that God, Yadevave, the only God, is inside sanctified and consecrated men and women. Offerings are only received by Yadevave, the only God, if they are given to the gold. You can't give just to the dirt, you don't give into the pit, you don't give into the garbage dump. This is the biblical structure for sacred donations. They must be given to the prosperity that represents the streets of gold. It's literal gold. Giving to the literal gold of heaven. That will get you out of poverty, that will get you out of... That's where you want to give. That's where the sacred donations go. Come and see. Giving to the gold of the high priest's forehead. Read it out loud, then read it in context. All right, we will. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Exodus 28, verse 36. You shall make a rosette of pure gold and engrave on it like the engraving of a signet, holy to the Lord. You shall fasten it on the turban with a blue cord, and it shall be on the front of the turban. It shall be on Aaron's forehead, and Aaron shall take on himself any guilt incurred by the holy offering, any guilt incurred in the holy offering that the Israelites consecrate as their sacred donations. So what it does is when the offering comes into the high priest's gold helmet or the high priest's crown, which is what it was, it was a, it was a big, huge 24-karat gold plate that rested on Aaron's forehead, and that's where the sacred donations would be consecrated. 
That's why the Levites mm-hmm. receive the tithe. Well, how did the Levites receive mm-hmm. the tithe? It goes into the forehead of the priest. Represent you're giving into the intelligence of the head of the body. <laughs> the offering goes into the intelligence of the head, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it sacred. And so for all believers and worshipers of Jesus Christ, Yadavave, Messiah, King of every rung, this is how you tithe and give offerings into the mind of Christ. It's like that rainbow round about his throne, and it's inside Aaron. Notice it wasn't Moses, Aaron. Represents delegated authority, those consecrated by the apostle, passed down generation of generation of apostles. We're not the twelve apostles of the Lamb of the book of Revelation. We're their generations 2,000 years later. That's how it works. That's the genealogies or the generations of Jesus Christ. And that was cool. It's the rosette of pure gold. Yeah. Rosette. And I, was, I had to look up the Strong's reference. That I got to go into the Hebrew on that. It means flower, plate, blossom, or wings. Mm. So flower, bloom, a shining mm. thing, a gold plate on the high priest, a feather, wing. And, uh, and that's root that it comes from, that root word, uh, which is Strong's H6692. Which is, this is really funny. It's a cultural thing because what's in here on Exodus twenty eight thirty six that we just read the definition of is uh, seats, cease. So it's S I S, and the root that it comes from, the way it's spelled, it's not pronounced this way, but for our English cultural experience, it looks like it says sus. <laughs> I was like, but it's suits, but suits. it looks like. Sus, which is a, a trending word right now, but it means flourish, blossom, bloomed, showing. And I was like, this is blowing my mind right now. To shine, to gleam, to blossom, to put forth blossoms, to produce blossoms, to gaze, to peep, to glance, and to make the eyes sparkle. Mm-hmm. Like to make the, the Bina and Hakma mm-hmm. sparkle, the mm-hmm. eyes sparkle. <laughs> and the gazing, remember? The, the, him peeping or peering through the portal. Here's my beloved He's peering through the portal, the lattice. Remember the lattice? We talked about the white trellis that I saw with the roses growing on them. It's blooming. So that rosette of Aaron is representative of those realms. So if it was that blessed to just give to an external person with a golden physical rosette on his forehead, how much more when you're in the invisible realities walking in it of the rose trellis of those roses that blossom of that pure rosette which is holy unto the lord actually formed as a living being a living creature on that trellis where the lord is gazing through the portal the new covenant levites that have the circumcisions of the higher rungs through the brain you're actually giving it directly into the light of the bright morning star and that's why you really want to understand how to make your donations sacred there's you know, vile donations. There's things that God rejects all over the place in the Bible. There's things that were just selfish, like Ananias and Sapphira, that were just vain glory. But then there's the sacred. And understanding the, the consecration under the sacred donation is by acknowledging the offering into the intelligence of the leadership of the body of Christ. And that's when it becomes sacred. Unless it goes into the forehead of the high priest, unless it goes into the gold of the streets of gold, unless it goes into the light of the Shekinah God, Mm -hmm. 
blazing inside the renewed mind because you're sowing into the promised land. Donations are sacred because you're giving in to your advancement that I am going there. I'm going up in light in my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's all about. It's mm -hmm. about understanding how everything is mm -hmm. sacred by the human being growing in divine mm -hmm. intelligence. Understanding God's word and giving all your life for that is for the improvement of an earthly life into a heavenly mm -hmm. life. Right. And so you're reaping where you're, cause you're sowing. So think about a physical plant seed. When you sow a corn seed, corn grows. When you sow a wheat seed, then the wheat grows. So there's, there's something that comes back to you when you sow financially. So what Brandon was saying, how you sow affects your heart intentions. All those things affect how you sow. If you sow a donation, and again, it's a vile thing, you're sowing into thorns and thistles of your own heart. It'll choke the best example of a vile donation is the $40 billion Israel raised for Herod's mm -hmm. temple that Jesus Christ said was the tabernacle of Molech. Right. But all the covenant race thought they were building God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. They were in synagogue revival. Mm -hmm. This is the greatest move of God of all time. Jesus said it was all the devil. So in order to be consecrated sacred, therefore it must go mm -hmm. inside God's original design. Notice it's in the man's forehead. Mm -hmm. Because we're not about building just buildings here. We're about advancing right. human beings into living beings by acknowledging mm -hmm. and honoring the intelligence. An offering is an acknowledgement mm -hmm. of divine intelligence, of light that mm -hmm. has come down from God. And when you give, you're acknowledging mm -hmm. God and that that's where I want to go. Therefore, it becomes a sacred donation. Notice is. what it says. It shall always be on the forehead in order that they may find favor before Yadevave. Well, how is the favor of the Lord increased upon your life? Acknowledging the increase of God's intelligence in the Levites, in the priests, the leadership of the new covenant body of Christ. That's how the favor of God will increase in your lives. Acknowledging the priests and giving into the intelligence of the new covenant priesthood of Melchizedek, mm -hmm. of the rungs of the heavenly glories. Right, because you reap what from what you sow into. Right, so if you sow into Jezebel's tower, you reap from Jezebel's tower. When you sow into cosmic righteousness, you reap in cosmic righteousness, where where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want your heart to be walking in the sapphire stones? Sow into the leadership of the cosmic righteousness. Amen. And in the Hebrew Chaldee lexicon, the definition here says to flourish. So this is what you're sowing into. To flourish, to shine, to be bright, or to emit splendor. We talk about splendor, like, you know, cosmic hod, tifret, all those things of righteousness. That's what you're sowing into the to shine, donation to be bright. You want to brings shine. Brings the admittance of shining glory. Amen. <laughs> when it's done according to God's word from the heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your offerings into the intelligence of God's mind formed in consecrated messengers. Because that same hope is for everyone to grow in Christ under the sapphire stones. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.
sands of time. The Lord took me to a place and I saw the great prophets of the Bible. I saw Elijah, Elisha. I saw all the prophets of the Old Testament. I saw the Apostle John, the martyrs. And they had all been told of the Lord to stick their hands into the sands of time. As I watched them, they would pick up a shoebox. One of them was the Apostle Paul. And he brought this shoebox up and he said, It's my time. The Apostle Paul believed what's going to happen now was going to happen in his time. And he opened the shoebox and it was empty. And so another prophet come behind him. And the Lord says, stick your hands in the sand of time. Every prophet, if all believed it was going to take place in their time. And it did to a measure because all the wisdom that's down here now come through these men. And each one of them added something to the sands of time. It came my time, and he said, put your hands in the sands of time and pull up the shoebox. And I said, why, Lord? Everybody else has done it. And there were empty shoeboxes. And he said, do as I've told you. So I put my hands in the sands of time, and I put the shoebox up. And I opened it. And I was very shocked, for it had letters in it. And it said, Greetings, you have been inducted into the army of God. 
But these white envelopes, these induction notices, they didn't have a stamp on it. And at this time, uh, in the United States, if I remember right, it cost 11 cents, I believe, to mail a letter. And the Lord says, I will mail these letters when it costs 20 cents to mail a letter. Well, nobody believed this. Because in the States at that time, nobody believed that stamps would ever go up again. For it had gone up from 3 cents to 11. But then on October the 13th of 81, it cost 20 cents to mail a letter. And the Lord said, Everyone that was conceived that was in the womb or nine months before was literally the army of the Lord. The first would be leaders and the second would be the greatest army that nothing could stop. And when they reach the age of maturity, I'm going to begin to release them in power. They're an army that is my army and they cannot be stopped. I will arm them out of my armory in heaven. There's no gift that I will deny them. They will literally pull down the warehouse of God and they'll have no fear of the enemy whatsoever. These are the ones that will glorify me beyond anything that's ever been. For they are mine. They will represent me in my holiness, in my compassion. And this is what's getting ready to happen. An army of youth that isn't afraid to die for Christ. When you're not afraid to die, Satan has no control over you at all. You become a holy terror to him. It's a lot easier to die for Christ than it is to live for him. They'll do even a greater thing. They'll live for him. That is my army, that is my army, and they cannot be stopped. I will arm them out of my armory in heaven. There's no gift that I will deny them. They will literally pull down the warehouse of God. And they'll have no fear of the enemy whatsoever. For they are mine, they will represent me. In my in holiness, my holiness in my compassion. And this is what's getting ready to happen. An army of army of you that isn't afraid to die for Christ. When you're not afraid to die, Satan has no control over you at all. You become a holy terror to him. Holy terror, terror, terror to him. Danger. 